Welcome back, everybody, to episode six. I'm your host, Dan Steers from Double Dan Horsemanship, and I'm here in the studio with special comments, Kim Hagen. How are you, Kim? Yeah. Good, mate. How you going? Crowd goes wild, you yeah. reckon? Yeah. Oh, they're, they're going nuts in the back here. I know. Four fan, metres apart. <laughs> fan favourite is is soon becoming your title. Oh, happy days. I know. My, my brother's still just a huge <laughs> fan. <laughs> well, that's one. But he did like, he did like how I nicknamed your special comments, too. He did find that amusing. So a little chortle on your behalf. Yeah, so yeah, nice. I'm, I'm sl- Share them around. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but he, he rings me regularly and as he's listening to the podcast and uh, and he's just loving it. But he then also called to us, where's number six? Because we're a little late. I know, we've we've been kind of encumbered with a lot of work. Well, James particularly. The three of us. James particularly. Um, it's been a couple of weeks and we haven't been able to get a hold of him. He's also just messaged me to say that he's been up all night with Jesse, Mr. Jesse James the Outlaw. He'll be having just be loving it. So he hasn't A, had much sleep, but B, can't get on the podcast until he gets Jesse down again. And so we're not sure if we're going to have him for this episode. So we're just going to kick into it to see he's going to message me when he can, if he can. But uh, one of the reasons why he couldn't be on the podcast last week, so we've skipped a week, was because he was away doing a clinic. And I found out when he was traveling, he had a hell of an entourage when he was traveling. So he he had a lockdown in America. Yeah. Well, it depends on where you are, I guess. Let it fly. So he, he's on his little entourage. He took uh, Isabella away uh, by himself. So so Elizabeth didn't go with him, and they took the kangaroo Anzac. Good. Yeah, took <laughs> took the Greek goddess. Oh, in, Biffin. In yeah, Biffin, the male stripper, and then his girlfriend and two hairless cats. Oh. Biff's got two hairless cats. There's no logic in that whatsoever. Imagine that turning up to a clinic. It's just some sort of circus, some sort of gypsy circus turning up. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty professional. <laughs> yeah, here's the kangaroo and two. I got a. Yep. Cats that we've skinned ready to eat. Got this and a male stripper. And a male stripper. All travelling with me. Just grease him up. So anyway, I guess um, that sort of explains why Dan was a little bit too busy to get on the line. And it was really bad service there. I did talk to him a couple of times while he was there and he was having a lot of trouble with the service. So we weren't going to be able to get him on. So this episode, anyway, we're going to we're going to carry on from the last episode, which was the 2010 year. It's, it's a big year. I said in the last intro that it was going to be a two part episode it's turned into a three-part episode it's huge and before before we press record and started the podcast um you had a little look at the notes that i do every week and they're I think getting more voluminous this is it's getting bigger and bigger I'm, I'm, I'm i don't think i need to write as much as i do down but when Even we did when the, we do shows you don't come up with this much i know like when we do shows we meet up and and people go oh you know do you practice how much we rehearsal go, we met up like 15 minutes before the show and we go right this is what we're going to do yeah and the whole idea is that it should be fresh and should be spontaneous spontaneous but, but this is because it's covering history I, f- I find we can't do that and a lot of times you don't mm. remember and this i start remembering as i write I i'm start, not saying it's bad but you just written I know. copious notes oh dan would be disappointed dan got really disappointed <laughs> in the 2010 year so it stays on the timeline when, when we got married um you and dan <laughs> well i am the longest relationship he's well, ever exactly. had yeah no peer and i yeah. when we got married uh i had written a speech and james was mortified that i wrote a speech and I didn't do it off the cuff. His, his speech was off the cuff and it was brilliant. Did he have notes at all? He didn't have notes, nothing. That's gold. Yeah, and it was good. But see, a wedding, you, you're stressed at a wedding. You're nervous. 
you got an audience of you know x yeah 50, 100 whatever it yeah, is a couple hundred for us yeah. yeah and and you want to have your stuff together because then by then you've had the letdown you've had the ceremony you've had the letdown and you start to relax a little you've had a few champagnes yes i went for a few notes yeah and you also but i i did it I, i've got to go either way i can't i can't have notes i've got to either have it written down and do, read it 100 percent or nothing or nothing and so i had that and that's what he was disappointed about and um but it was because also you got to thank some people and do that sort of formal stuff but he got up and off the cuff his deal and um it was brilliant he told this joke and we've got a video so i should try to find it that i had heard before but he even stunned me with it because he said it as it was like um he told two stories about Pierre and i that he wanted to share and the first story was a legitimate story and then this and he said you know how i know these two are going to make it type thing and it was the first story and then the second story was this joke but he he used it as it was Pierre and i and it was about you might even know the joke i can't tell it because i don't fully remember it but it's about the guy communicating to his wife about fencing pliers on the motorbike have you heard that joke no. and i you can't even tell it because it's a lot of hand gestures yeah. where the guy's like on his on the motorbike and he's yelling back at the shed to his wife so he doesn't have to go back um there while he's doing this fencing job and he's saying it's dan yelling at pier and he's <laughs> and he's waving his arms trying to do and do all these sign languages because she can't hear him to say that he he wants some fencing pliers and she's misinterpreted re- she's replying but she's grabbing her boobs grabbing a butt yeah i have heard a, a similar one yeah yeah, yeah shaking yeah. about and then he's like and then he's saying well dan finally gets frustrated and goes back to the shed and says what i said was on you know and he does the sign language and i say it out loud and then of course she says yeah i know what you're saying but i said there's a pair when she grabs a the breast there's a pair and then the butt under the seat and it was of the motorbike and i, I everyone was just in stitches because <laughs> I, I was believing him like i don't remember this story <laughs> and uh and yeah so it was it was a pretty good speech and and uh and that was him off the cuff which, unaccustomed to public speaking as he is yeah but yeah. i mean at the best of times he can when we're doing shows he can um get a little out there with some of his some of the stuff that he's doing and not not keep it i guess to script as far as the rest of the show is concerned but isn't that the but, script yes i know that's not the script yeah. but you still want to have some sort of continuity where um he he, he did a good job I'm, that's what i'm trying to say I'm, yeah. i was proud of him yeah so anyway this episode we're going to cover uh double dance in the usa with our world equestrian game three month period so we've got an intro have we got a little intro game intro yeah i do good because i'm looking forward to that oh yeah but before we get there i'm just going to do a little bit of a recap here so so dan james like i said in the last episode he was pretty boring at the time that we were over there in the world equestrian games because he wasn't drinking and he wasn't socializing much he was a little under the thumb he wasn't a vegan no with his then girlfriend at the time i'm not going to say any names or anything but his girlfriend at the time had him had him under the thumb like you wouldn't believe so he was (laughs) He was he wasn't he wasn't drinking he wasn't socializing he was working out a lot and he was not not fun to be around as far as the Dan James Dan James we love and know right so anyway most of the stories are really from I guess from my perspective which if we don't get Dan James on the line it's not it's not probably going to really matter because he's going to be pretty silent through a lot of this but I did have some questions for him and uh, and so I, I'm hoping at some point we're going to get him on the line episode five we got some great feedback so I want to talk about that. We're starting getting a strong following and we really appreciate it and, and we're thankful and grateful for the feedback that we're getting and we're getting some regular supporters. And the general consensus is that that was the 
best episode that we've done yet. That's terrible. Yeah, which means it's downhill. That's from what me. I'm. That's exactly where I was going with these notes. Was no pressure. We're gone. No pressure in this episode that we're going to have to sort of come up with the goods right. So anyway, we can't get Dan James on the line, which is which is what I was chasing. So like you said, we want to have a little bit of a game or um, you know figure out. It's a conversation starter. And the last one was talking about the uh, superhero skill. Super, yep, superpower. And I, I got is, I got ridiculed. Well, exactly. Like what imbecile comes up with rapping as <laughs> still taking me a while to get over this. Well, it's other people. I'm not too. over it. Yeah, it was that like rapping. You, like honestly, you know, cat stuck up a tree. Don't rap to it. But it's it, not going to help it. It wasn't about School helping. School bus it's falling like, off the bridge. Not all rapping. Not, not going to help. Not all superpowers are about helping other people, mate. They are pretty selfish. <laughs> So it was very <laughs> selfish driven. You've gone in, you've just gone like super selfish superpower. Yeah. Oh well, why not? But then I even I even gave you my second one, which which was time travel. Which you you, which you had me no, but you if yeah, you confused. listen back, you oh, no, criticized I was it was that. forwards and backwards land and But that's time travel is forward and backwards. I know. And you criticized me worse and you brought it up I don't know how many times when I was listening back that to that better. episode. Uh, you just, well, if you could go back in time, you could fix that. You could go back in time, you could fix that. <laughs> so I've copped enough crap for it, all right? So what, what I've done now is I've looked up some some more and uh, Ash Barnett. No, some, some more conversation starters. Oh, yeah, okay. And Ash Barnett, who gave me the last one, she even sent some through. But uh, this this one here, if, if you could have dinner with three people, living or dead, who would they be and why? Wow. It's a big one. I only just got this written down here like moments before you came, so I'm not that old. Organized. So I'm, how long do I get to think about this? Well, it's not because I don't even have like I, even though that I wrote it down, I couldn't just come up with three. My, my first one after watching the Last Dance on Netflix is Michael Jordan. So he's he's at my dinner table, right? Greatest athlete ever. I know you don't like that, but see, this is this is what I was thinking about before. Like that's a mainstream athlete, greatest mainstream athlete. Like you could have, like you could have, let's say unicycling was a sport, right? You could have the best unicyclist in the world, and nobody's ever heard about him, but yeah, he but might be like the Don. Bradman of unicycles. My brother again is a huge Michael jo- Michael Jordan fan, right? And so you're just trying to get him on board. You're trying to steal yeah, my one no. fan. That's well, he's that's almost imprinted me with this. But when you talk about it, he he changed he changed it for all athletes as far as like being commercial, being a big deal. It wasn't just what he did and his competitiveness, but all of a sudden, like how much he, like a, a shoe deal was apparently if they were pretty good, you know, they'll earn like a couple hundred thousand dollars on a shoe deal, right? He's become a billionaire. Yeah, totally agree from his shoes. From a commercial point of view, yeah, totally but, agree. But, but it doesn't like, mean he's the best athlete. Yeah, but I'm not. That's yeah, probably what. Uh, yeah. yeah, reckon we're agreeing. Yeah, okay, we're agreeing. Agree but anyway, so <laughs> I can have this conversation with him when he's at my dinner table. I'm going to say my friend Kim, who's on my podcast, thinks you shit at baseball. <laughs> well, he actually was pretty, still pretty good. Yeah, he was baseball. pretty good. But no, no but point was, taken. He so he's no, on my he's dinner an table. Outs, he's an, he's certainly a um, superhero in his sport, and it's a mainstream Ooh, sport. Nice this is this is what I'm saying. Is there's probably other people that aren't mainstream sports that are yeah good at yeah so i'm not just saying yeah. physically or anything like that i'm just saying overall impact history could you agree with me i'm going to go on to that so michael jordan's on mine so i've got yep. one you come up with one we'll go one for one billy Connolly. oh good one um love his outlook on life like sure i love his comedy um but i love the way that he interprets okay everything like you look you- at his you know world tours and this that and the other on tv and i love the the way he just see you know a, a boatman and he'll just love his interpretation of life and just see it in a way that nobody else really sees it and 
just it's enjoyable and then he makes it comedy on top of that. Love him. That was really good. Thanks, mate. I'm going to just agree with that 100%. <laughs> and then what you've done is you've given me my next two. Ooh, giddy up. <laughs> A little bit of Kramer there. Thank Ooh, you. Cosmo. Yep. Okay, so following on from Kramer, I'm picking Seinfeld. Jerry. Jerry, yep. So I love my stand-up as well and, yep. and, I, and I love Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. And the fact that he's just put out another special. He's another billionaire. He doesn't need to be working, but he still does because mm-hmm. he loves it. And that, I, I don't know if you've watched, but that uh, Comedians Getting Coffee in Cars on Netflix, YouTube. No, I've got to chase it. I, I haven't seen it. Yeah, so that's his show. He does it because he loves it. He loves cars. I've seen probably one or two of them, but yeah, and, and it's funny. Yeah, yeah, and when he gets together with other comedians. So he's going to yep. be my number two. Yep. All right, who's your number two? Um, I'd probably go with a bloke who I actually met, Nelson Ooh. Mandela. Tell me the story of Nelson well, Mandela. Well, he, he was awarded a um, honorary doctorate at Sydney University. So there I was in, well, I was probably in third year uni, having lunch down on the vet lawns and income for or five black limo cars in the back way and they've parked so that they can get access to head up to the um to the main hall and out pops Nelson Mandela. So you've seen him. Did you meet him? Shook hands, said, it's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. President. He wasn't president at the time, but I'm still going to honour him with that. Like, I was just gobsmacked. Like, this is a this is a an all-time figure. Did you have security? In his, oh, God, yeah. And so how did you get up yeah. to him to shake his hand? He came up and he, because sh- by then, as soon as he stepped out of the car, the 20 or so students that are there have just swarmed up and just kind of stood agog and he has volunteered and come up and introduced himself to every one of them just his i mean his story of being you know going through apartheid and and victimization through his life to then be jailed because of his outspokenness and then be released and become president it's one of the most amazing stories ever okay that's a superhero in like he didn't even rap to me not yeah. one rap well i'm not going to pick a rapper because no, no mind bending nothing i'm not picking a rapper because i knew that would be what everyone was thinking and i did think about it on the little walk down here that I sort of thought, oh, rappers, I want to hang out with them, but I feel like at that dinner table, you can't nah, choose a rapper. No, I'm not. I'm just like, I'm just like, like they, they think they're too cool a bit, so they're going to be do you like, think? <laughs> yeah, so you'd have to go get, get tats together. Yeah, and they're not going to wind up in jail by the end of the conversation. They're going to no. be protecting their image and, and not letting down. So what image. So. <laughs> So the, so the next one, following on from the comedians. Kill me, I haven't got a third. I'm going to give you another comedian, yeah. uh, Eddie Murphy. You know why Eddie Murphy too? Because with Michael Jordan, I, I want him to feel relaxed. I don't want him to feel like... <laughs> so, so this become a so, race thing. Yeah, because I'm like, he's going to be hanging out with all these white dudes going like, oh yeah, this is some only black guy here. And this is, it's just like an organized dinner that this guy's got three magic wishes of who he can have dinner with, <laughs> dead or alive. He's chosen me as the token. So you've got... <laughs> African-American. One of the most influential sporting figures of all time. So mm-hmm. I, you see how I said one of the most? Yes, okay. One of the most influential sporting figures of all time and you're concerned that he's going to feel uncomfortable because he has, <laughs> hasn't got another African-American with him. Well, I want him to... Are re- you kidding? I just think it would be a better conversation with him and Eddie Murphy. Well, Eddie's going to be a good and conversation. Then, and then we've got Jerry. Yeah. It's going to be a good night. Eddie's, Eddie's going to have angry comedy. Oh, I like his comedy. But if you watch, go back and watch Comedians Getting Coffee in Cars because in the latest season they've got Eddie... Oh, they got him. They've got him as well. Yeah, and those, nice. Jerry and him, one, they started together. So they came up at the yeah, okay. exact same time. They're in the same comp. They're doing the- So they gel well together? Really well. Yeah, cool. Like phenomenal. So yeah. anybody's listening and if you watch that 
show you would already know, but if you don't, get onto it because that do and you can tell they've got chemistry. Yeah. Even to the point that they're on the street there and they come up with a little bit. They come up with a little bit Jerry does about a homeless guy. And he says something about, you know, because you see him, he's they get around with carts and stuff like that. And he said, Do you think that it that with you know the homeless community that if somebody's got a tent, you know, they pitch a tent, something like this, I'm not doing any justice, but yeah. if you pitched a tent and you're a homeless person, do you think all the other homeless people get together and go, No, no, he's got a home. <laughs> you can't hang out with us. <laughs> you know, and he does this little deal. Jerry just makes it up because they're looking at a homeless person. Yeah. Right. And um and and uh, Eddie says, Can I use that? And he's like, Yeah, I want you to use it. <laughs> I would. It would be a pleasure for you to use that. You know, I'd be on it. And so he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to do a bit about that." And just watching them work together, like yeah. you know, it's just impromptu, like. Yeah, it. yeah. And you could just see all of a sudden that's going to be used as a joke. So I've got him. What's your third? Um, I'm I'm not entirely happy with my third. Um, I'm I'm thinking between a, a few of them, but I, I'd probably go with uh, Robin Williams. Oh, another good one. We've got the comedians, though. That tells you a little bit um, about. I guess our personalities. I'm yeah. just getting a text here from James. Oh, the other, oh John. Oh, yep, you go. Uh, John Candy uh, died too young. Uh, classic comedian actor. Um, really enjoy his movies. Uh, yeah, Steve Martin would be up there. Um, but I, I think Robin Williams as a kind of, you know, catch up with him now that he's been dead for a little while. That would be. Uh, and yeah. I think would, we need to, I think our dinner party needs to be together. Absolutely. Let's bring, the th- let's have the six, including us, eight. I think Billy would enjoy that. Yes. We're a little comedian. <laughs> a lot of comedians we have there. So Dan's sent through a text and saying that um, at the moment he's turmoil. He's, yeah, he's, he's got Jesse asleep on him, but he said usually by 6.30 or 7, so it's 6 o'clock over there in the morning, um, he's usually up anyway, so check back then. Sorry, mate, just been one of those nights. So, yeah, he's teething and um, it's been it's been a rough night. So we will just press on because it would be interesting to hear his responses to these. The other conversation startup, and I haven't thought about this either, is if you could be an Olympic athlete what would you be and why so not a previous athlete it's if you could be kim hagen yeah. as an olympic athlete yes. yeah, what sport would i do yes exactly oh um, I, i'm gonna think about this too because i haven't honestly given it any thought what so i reckon if you you imagine the amount of monotony in their their training to like I, I reckon that's one of the most amazing things about like top level athletes is their the way they're so driven like i think about the tennis players and they've played each other so many times and they, it's just basically they're trying to outthink themselves there's probably three or four key points in a five-set match between Rafael Nadal and Federer. And at the end of the day, it's that mental toughness to keep coming back. And they keep coming back time after time, tournament after tournament, country after country. And it's unbelievable to be at their top for 20 years, the mental toughness there to still want to be there. And I think the same, like um, i got massive respect for um, Kieran Perkins. Yeah, but you've got um, to just pick. So, pick so you, sport. Are, you, are you saying you want to be the tennis? Are you saying that's what it would be? No. Like, I think the tennis is pretty good tennis is good because you're going to get good money like well just pick you want to represent your country what are you going to what are you going to go you don't want to be that poor um i don't think it's necessarily saying that you're also going to be good you're just going to you're going to be good enough to be there in the libyas i don't want to hear you say bmx i don't want to hear you say babington (laughs) ping pong (laughs) yeah come on give me a sport um well you know here we are double damn podcast equestrian yeah but that was what i was wondering i thought i'd take it before you got it yeah but i'm not going to take it but it's too predictable uh i think the one that you just kind of go with your talent and you at the end of the day you could still drink beers and have fun with your mates would be um shooting (laughs) shooting yes 
Yeah. Errol Thomas listens to this, and and he was a Australian representative in shooting, pistol shooting. So I'm not too sure. I do the I do the um, trap shooting. I met a, a guy came up to me. Not to say I'm adverse to hard work, but <laughs> I can't just see like myself socializing it. Well, I can't see myself lining up for the 1500 meters freestyle. Fair at enough. The moment, like, the, imagine how many miles they would have done. Fair enough. And just boring watching the black dots go past. <laughs> Oh, okay. Fair enough, fair It'd enough. It'd be horrible. It's early and again, that comes back to the mental toughness of these guys and girls. The girls don't do the 1500s in Olympics, but to, to be doing those kind of just over and over and over. So it just reminded me, one of my trips to the States, I was getting ready to, to do the big flight back from America and um, <clears throat> I've got my double Dan jacket on and I'm waiting for boarding. And a guy comes up to me, he's like, oh, excuse me, are you one of Dan's? I said, oh, yeah, I'm Dan Steers. Having a chat anyway, he was uh, a, what's the ones that do like 10 sports decathlon yeah and when they, they do show jumping right yeah and they get poorly they, yeah but they just get borrowed horses <laughs> yeah and it's drawn out of a hat and i was amazed at how oh, i don't want to knock this bloke but as a general rule these guys can't ride that well thinking wouldn't you have crossed the t's and dot the i's well he can't well he's a horse guy so, so, he's that's, a, that's what he was. Was so he was over there yeah. for a big deal he was yeah. getting ready for the olympics and well, he was a fan and so we had a good old chat while we're waiting for the flight and anyway i uh, can't remember his name to chase that up but if you're listening <laughs> get back in contact <laughs> with respect. us we'd love to have you on the show <laughs> uh, but it, yeah but he was stripped he was Australian representative nonetheless so you give me some time this is going against what you were talking about which you're worrying about getting yourself prepared for, for it I'm just I'm leaving that out I'm just picking something that I'd want to do okay so you can ignore the preparation time well I am and you the pain just, and the I'm just going to I'm just going to and I'm yeah, not right. going to say that necessarily you're going to be the best yeah. but you're going to be good enough to beat that yeah. so I'm going with a 100 meter sprint because right. I, I want to be next it's your lazy it's, ass thing no well yeah that's what that is <laughs> lazy because that's, that's one of the the, the main yeah main arena big big, big draw cards yep yeah, Usain Bolt I'm going to get to hang out with Usain that would be cool retired yeah but I'm not going to this we're not saying as so in, in, in the day yeah I'm thinking yeah. last Olympics yeah. he wasn't the last one was he uh, would have been the one before probably the one yeah, yeah so, Rio, I don't think he was so you're, you're going to take the big stage big crowd and come eighth that's assuming no that's assuming <laughs> you make the final isn't it I didn't say in the final yeah <laughs> in the heat <laughs> All right. Okay. So American bobsled team winter Olympics. Yes. All right. Maybe we'll make that for next week. Next week's podcast. So the old. But it would be a buzz to be in the Olympics anyway, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. Anything. You'd, well, you'd we're talk, this. We're talking about the World Equestrian Game. So for this speed year, skating, that's the one you want to be in. Apparently, you're a chance to win gold. You even if you're just a hang set, back, you're just the a old, doer. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Turtle in the hair story sort of that deal. But um, we're talking about WEG this one, right? This is the 2010 year. We're talking about the World Equestrian Games. Mm. As, as far as a pinnacle, and I think at some point we're going to get um, Brett Parbury on the on the podcast who's been representative at World Equestrian Games. That's at a higher level than in, than the Olympics. So for them... For equestrian. For yeah. equestrian, yes, yeah. sorry, to clarify. So that's that's what we're sort of... Talk, we're in that realm at the moment talking about for equestrians, this is a big deal. And it was the first time that it was outside of Europe and yeah, it was yeah. held and it was held in America at Lexington. So we're going to go on there. Like we've mentioned, we don't have um, Dan James online yet. We might get him there and we'll just sort of see where that pans out as we don't know at the moment with little Jesse. But before we get into the 2010, one of the stories that we're going to talk about, and it was one that we brought up last week or the last episode, and Warwick Schiller said, you're not going to tell that story. Which yeah, is, the is this the one story. that you guys, yeah, the warmer. Here well, we Pia also listens to the podcast and she said, you are 
are not going to tell that story like that. Like Warwick was like, oh, you're not going to, like he was more, are you going to tell it? She's like, has doctored it. She's like, you're not going to tell that story. So she's, and of course you said, yeah. of course we are. No, I've, <laughs> Oh, this, this, she was Come pretty on. firm. So what I, and she really was adamant. Like even she brought that up after she heard that last week's podcast or last episode. Well, you were both a little, little tentative. Yeah. And, and Dan put it out there to the people and said, um, you know, would you tell an incriminating story about yourself on a public platform? And, and we didn't get too much feedback about that specifically. So instead I'm going to, I'm going to meet. Everybody I, said, yeah, they would. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm going to meet sort of, I guess, halfway on this. And what I'm putting out there is that if we get a Hundred thousand downloads now, not on this episode, not for for. I'm talking about overall, which is which is really doable. You know, we're, we've only been going for a short time, and we're, we're in the you know in that not that realm, but we're on we the know. way. Yeah, cool. So I reckon as if the listeners out there want to know and want to tell this story, they can do a little bit of work for this story. If they share it, get it out there, put it on their socials, right? Do all that stuff, and they get ten people. One every one person gets ten people to get on board. We're, we're going to get there. And then you guys are going to incriminate I'm gonna, yourselves. I'm going to incriminate. Well, it's not us. It's me. <laughs> just you. Yeah, unfortunately. No. I'll just just end it now. I'll ring James. We'll record it. We put it on. No. Problem solved. So we're going to do that, okay? So let, let's finally get back right. to the timeline of the podcast, okay, and and get everybody uh, up up to date. My first thing that I've got here, I need Dan James on the line, but I'm going to go through it anyway. So J- James flies to the States a little bit earlier than I do, and he gets himself, and, and we've got ourselves based first and foremost in Oregon. He's borrowing Nikki Flunder's horses for us to use for the World Equestrian Games, which we've talked about in the previous episodes. They're the ones that he's gone over there and worked at the NFR and helped Nikki get them ready to, to do these yep. Liberty performances. Yep. So a part of doing this is she's based in Canada. So we've got to get them shipped from Canada wow. down to Oregon and then Oregon over there. And a big part of the travel over there is they've got to have all this paperwook. Yeah, they all have passports and... Yes, and cognizance. And, and yeah, and, I, and I'm imagining it's a little different in Canada than it is in the States. And then plus for the World Equestrian Games, there was more to be done again. And Dan was responsible for this. I didn't know much, too much about it, but I remember how stressful it got. And that's why I wanted James on here for this part. And if we get him back, rem, rem, remind me to get back to this because he was handling it. It was getting to the point that these horses aren't like, were that late with the paperwork oh, that they're not going to let them, they're not going to let them come in. And we're already there. We're already wow. in the States. Because it's something that people in Australia don't appreciate is when you're in Europe or America, like your horse has a passport with all its vaccination history and all it's and they call them coggins and bits and pieces yeah if you don't if you're not up to date date, you not only they can't move but you get fined to buggery yeah so so this and and i think for what was the regular paperwork wasn't even enough for the world equestrian games it was a whole nother and so i remember at the time like nikki's getting frustrated because she's going back to a vet she's going to a vet and you know then dan's gone bloody we need more you know what i mean like you're going to vet got the first lot of paper now we need more and and it was becoming a big deal and it's her valuable horses and she's putting on you know, transport yeah. that go for a few days and where are Stress they going? And, oh, so, so when I started thinking back as I was writing all this timeline stuff down, I'm like, that is a stressful time. That Massive. We've, you, you know from the previous uh, episodes how much we had invested to, to get to that point yeah. and then to have it net come down to the f- point that maybe we can't do it. So what are you, like days away, not week, from, weeks from, away? Not from going there. We're months away yeah. from going there. But as far as like they had, we were behind on, on whatever we needed to give them and they were all already giving us some leniency and was getting to the point that so they being this, the governing bodies yeah of yeah. yeah so 
they, they treat those horses, those entertainment horses, as if they were competition horses because they've got all the competition horses going. And uh, and it got pretty it got pretty sketchy. And that's the part that I wanted to get James's opinion on because for him, he he probably felt it a lot more because yeah. he was the ones on the phone yeah. calls. He was the one organized. He'd one been over previously, and he's probably filtering me to. He was sup- just over there looking at the big school buses, feeling like you're in a movie. Well, initially I hadn't be I hadn't got there, so now I get over there, right? And and this is the other thing that I was gonna yeah chase James up about as well. So he picks me up from the airport in Oregon. I can't remember um, what the town was in Oregon because that's a state and I can't remember what it was. But the two the two big things that I remember from the day one was the fast food. So, you know, we know of the Burger King and we know of uh, of HJ. Cracker I mean, sorry. Um, no, I didn't know about any of those. I'm just knowing what I knew in Australia. McDonald's, Pizza yeah. Hut, whatever. But we get over there. There's like Taco Bell, Dairy Queen, Sonic. There's just like, there's, there's just heaps more <laughs> of them. I'm, I'm not even... Your liver's I, in a dead state of thinking, oh, oh, oh. He took me to one straight up. Like, oh, he's like, uh, took me to one and, and I was just like, oh, my God. And then he took me to Big R. Now, Big R is um, like, like Bunnings. It's it's similar. It's like a warehouse, but yeah. it's it's a Western rule deal. And what it has is like all your Western clothing, so your Wranglers, all that stuff. Yeah. It's got guns. It's got Surprise horse feet. Me. It's got horse tack, chainsaws, um, you know, uh, hunting, all that hunting <laughs> stuff. I was going to say all your standard murdering Camp, gear. Camping. <laughs> um, but just anyway, he took me there, and I think they had to go run some errands. And I'm just like, leave me here. You come pick me up. I don't care. You could leave. This is day one. You could leave me here all day. I'm just like in all. I've not been to the states yet. Yeah, with three rifles. I come up with clothes. AK-47. This clothes was more than what got me straight up because you know what it was like. Buying Wranglers in Australia is 110 dollars. Buying Wranglers over there was 20 dollars. Yeah, and our dollar was pretty strong at the time, and so it was. It was like, yeah, it's not like it is now where you still have to sort of double it. Line them up. But it was. Yeah, I was, and I, we didn't have a Seven lot of money. But yeah, clothes was fishing a, gear. Uh, but I walked around tack. Well, like, Socks that can keep you warm. Too. The other thing that got me about the tack in this in this store was some of the severity of the tack in a general store like this. So they had like tack collars, um, very thin twisted wire bits, chain bits, like bike riding chain bits, <laughs> and things. I'm like, this is in a it regular shop. It was not in a custom shop that you. Hey, uh, I got a horse that's not real soft in the mouth. Can you yeah. just? I've got this bike chain here. Can you just? <laughs> can you just use this and t- and put two rings on the end of it? And and I'm going to turn into a bit. I'm just like, where's this stuff? Like, uh, so would you hook up like a bike chain and a and a good shank and you can do what you want? Well, I was just mortified. <laughs> I didn't get anything um, as far as tax gone, but it was a big it was a big thing. So anybody who's travelled um, probably knows this yeah. and feels this, and, and they would have these stories come back to themselves probably of, of their first time and and what what it was like when when you go to these, you know, especially America, a huge the guns country. Are what blow me away? Excuse me for the pun, but th- that's what blew me away when we went over there and and we went into um, I think. It was just at a Walmart. Walmart has guns, yeah. Yeah, and and you just walk through, and you could like there's major hunting sections in Walmart. When you came over w- with us, had you been before? No, nah. that was your first time in the states. Yeah, oh, I don't think I actually. So maybe I did. I, I knew I was excited about showing you the food, and once you shut me down on the food, you got all I'm blank blacked like a out a little bit. Yeah, frightened turtle, yes. straight back in the shell. But and was that Mrs. Kim was the first time for her? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 
yeah, the old girls only been out of the country. We went away for our honeymoon. I felt for some reason you'd been before, but not done anything horsey, maybe through veterinary, I thought. I'd had like a couple of days stopover in California, that was it. But I didn't get the full experience of going to all the shops and this, that and the other. It was more a sightseeing thing. Yeah, the malls and things. Like yeah. When you see the malls, it's just, yeah. you can't fathom it if you haven't been for that size. And I know that he, like, I haven't been to Dubai or anything, so it's just another world. Yeah, they reckon stuff. that's. Well, that's, that. Our, our middle son, Harry, wants to be a policeman in Dubai because they get Bugattis or whatever they are to drive. Yeah. And that's all he wants. <laughs> just go and <laughs> drive some million dollar car. Funnily enough, because in this story, which I haven't added, was a farrier guy that Dan knew from Australia who is a farrier in Dubai and doing like whatever the Sheik's horses or race horses or whatever. And like they just live in a resort. Yeah. And so everything's on the resort tab. Everything's air conditioned. Everything's blah, blah, blah. And You'd so, want it air conditioned over there yeah. just quietly. He was spoiled. Um, but Dubai is a, a pretty cool place by all accounts. Yeah, well, I'd like to go once we're allowed to. Once we're allowed to open up the borders. Should be available in a few years. <laughs> so anyway. Good enough just to go to Queensland, I suppose. Get to, back to the, the horse part. Sorry. And Pay attention. Now, now we've got these horses, yep. <laughs> these horses are... Uh, are here at, at Oregon and we're starting to work them. That's my first sound effect too for this podcast. I don't think anyone gets the sound no, effects. No, no. It he, was it was a pay attention, Kim. He slapped himself on the wrist for the listeners. All special comments. Got to work on it. Yeah, we've got these buttons that I haven't used yet in the podcast and there's all sorts of sound effects. Do you want me to press one for you? Okay. They're already built in, but we okay. can we can change them. I should have used that exactly. one. Exactly. <laughs> I could have given this one. I've already done that. Oh. Can that be one's, one that one's too jokes. cheesy to use. Crickets. That's all you hear in one of your jokes. Yeah. Love. This one. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. What was the other one? There's one. Oh, one. it's just a, this one. Actually, no, it's just a bit of. So if you're doing like an intro, you'd put that on. But you, you can change any of those, but I haven't got that technical yet. Do so. the yellow one again. Wait up, wait up. Before you do, go. Steers. What, I, I reckon people what? are happy I'm here. Yeah, come on. Kim Hagen, ladies and gentlemen. Just, you guys, come on. All right, so now, now, now we're getting back to being serious, folks. What I was saying was we're going to go to the horse part. We've, we've got the horses now. They're there. People want you to do more horse stuff too, in incidentally. The, in the podcast? Yeah, they were saying there needs to be more horse training stuff. We will get there no, after we've done said. the We're doing the timelines line. first. Let's, yeah, this, we're in the here for the long haul, folks. Exactly. Right, we'll we've get got all plenty of, to give. Exactly, exactly. We're only up to episode six, by the way. So, okay. Finally, we'll we get, get to the horse part now. We've got these horses. Dan's already worked with them a couple of times. Two black horses of Nikki Flunderers. And now we're trying to get as much stuff taught to, taught to them in, in the quickest amount of time. So we're working them sort of two times a day with the trick training from teaching them, you know, the, the lay down, the rollover, the sit, sitting on the beanbag, um, rearing, working as pairs. I mean, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fair bit of pressure to put on ourselves and being mindful about the pressure on the horses. So we're not trying to overdo the horses, but we're also got a timeline that we have to sort of think about and we don't have anything else on. Like, How long was the timeline? So we had th- three months at that point. We're just short of three months. By the time the horses came and we got there, we're probably looking at two months, maybe 10 weeks, just say 10 weeks, yep. right? And and then to explain what we're getting them ready for, we, we're getting these horses ready not only to use at the World Equestrian Games, but for the opening ceremony. And so for the opening ceremony, it's 30,000 people in a big open arena and there's orchestra, band, there's lights, there's props. Tommy Turvey's also in the same act 
with two Liberty horses as well. Yeah. So he's got a pair on one side of the arena. We've got a pair on the other side of the arena. So, you know, there's all sorts of, there was the Riata Ranch girls. Uh, we're doing trick roping out there. It's It blows your mind to think about what you're preparing horses for that don't technically have the experience that what our own horses would have had. So we're, yeah. we're putting this trust into these other ones. And when I started writing this down and getting that timeline, I started thinking about that a little bit and started thinking, is this a little ambitious of us to, to, at no point did I think it wasn't going to work. And that's why I wanted Dan on here because I was going to ask him, was he at all worried that, hey, we might not pull this off? Just because we said we're going to do it doesn't mean like now if you told me this is what we're going to do. If yeah. Dan rang me up and said 2020, or it wouldn't be because it's 22 over there, it, that's the year it's ready for. So he's saying in 2022, we're coming over, we're, we're going where? It could be Europe. We've got three months. We're going to get two horses. We're going to train them for the opening ceremony. We're going to do a Liberty Act and put this on. Even then I'll be, I'd be really yeah, nervous. See, that surprises me. I, I would be nervous as it all get up. Well, I don't know if we're young like- and naive that that maybe we didn't even think of that side of things. You know, that's that sometimes I think is what's helped us be successful early on was a part of our arrogance, honestly. And I, and I mean it in young and naive. I don't yeah, mean that. Yeah, we're, yeah. Like we're not arrogant people in that fact that we think we're better than anybody or anything like that. But we just a bit, we just think that, oh, we'll just work. We'll just, just make it work. It. Yeah. We're just going to do it. We want to yeah. do it. Yeah. We had a vision. We're going to do that. And it, and it actually did work fun enough but but at that point we should have been really scared we should have been petrified that we might not deliver what we've told them that we would deliver like tommy's using his horses that he's been performing with for years yeah yeah so that's why i'm still sitting here thinking even if i was young and full of guts i would have been nervous as hell that it's not going to work because it's not like you're performing in front of the crowd for the olympics you're performing in front of the elite horse people Western. well it's thirty thousand people there but it was millions it was it mm. was live for millions on on television yeah. Right. So to have these borrowed horses and, and use them, I think in hindsight now, like looking back, it was pretty unreal that that's what we did, and, and I'm glad we did do it. And, and looking on on the overall timeline, not just the 2010 timeline, but the overall timeline, it makes it even more significant for us. I yeah. I think. Right. Yeah. So while we're getting these horses together and getting them ready, we go to this barrel race in Oregon because Dan's girlfriend, who we were staying with at the, at the time, the thumb, she had the thumb. She was a barrel racer, and um. And she had a competition on and we we're going to do a little demo there to sort of get with the, those horses, with those horses yep. and get them a little feel. Get them out. Yep. yep. So we do that. But what's actually, the horses went great. I'm not worried about that. I didn't add that in the timeline. <laughs> Dan James Bauer raced there. <laughs> Spandex or uh, Lycra? Well, her, one of her horses didn't go too good in one of the runs, and so she tells Dan he's going to do it. And I don't even know guys are allowed to barrel race. I thought it was just an all-girl sport, but but it's unisex no apparently. Well, to some some degree, no, it's, it's not. Some degree, it is. Uh, <laughs> it's it, not. I know. So I remember videoing it. I'm going to try to Sorry, dig the video. Sorry, DJ. Dotty, it's not. It's not, It's a women's sport, buddy. Well, in 2020. So what happened? He barrel raced. Did he win? No, because he was just correcting the horse for something. But I videoed it. Now, I, I don't know if I can find the <laughs> video i'm not saying i can but if i can straight on facebook it's going it's going straight to the facebook yeah. yeah so that's that's what's there but but also i needed to put in the timeline because that's where we so met did he have the whip between the teeth i hope so did he have the legs flailing and his ass like uh, six inches above the saddle i think he tried i think he tried to these are essentials i haven't i haven't barrel raced myself because <laughs> i'm a male <laughs> 
Dotty. But as far as I can see, the essentials of barrel racing are to go ape shit on it and don't be clean. Just flap and go. Go hard, hook in. Or go home. Yeah, and you hold the, hold the whip in the teeth for the first few barrels, then pull it out and just flog the bajingis out of that horse on the way back. I think if we ever have a bet, you and I, and I think I'm in a chance of winning, I'm going to – I know where you're going with this, you're and I'd say you're a good chance of winning. No, I'm not saying barrel race. I'm just going to say if there's just whatever bet we have and if it says, all right, if I win, like if you said, you, you know, if you win, Kim, you're going to get X, and I'm going to say if I win, you're going to barrel race at, at a public event because I want to see you, Kim Hagen, with the with the, with the the whip oh, between the teeth. I'd put on a show. I want the show. Yeah. I want the Kim Hagen barrel racing show, yeah. folks. I'd have some massive bedazzly jeans on it. I want well. it all. Oh, yeah. So anyway, that's – I think I'd even have one of those, you know, those string ties. Oh, yeah. Have one of them too. Yeah. yeah. I'd have a massive hat. It'd be white and you Good couldn't guy. crease it if you jumped on it. Well, Dan barrel race with a black hat. Well, that's why he lost. Well, maybe. Or spandex, you know, women's competition with a black hat on. All fell apart. So, <laughs> so any barrel racers out there, there's yeah. a <laughs> – there's a little shout out for you guys. Uh, it, is, it is the truth, isn't it? Isn't it a women's sport? I thought so, but I got in educated Australia, over maybe there. Maybe over there it isn't. No, yeah, it was something they do have some, yeah. and I have seen some other videos of, of guys doing pretty good in competitions because yeah. they sell for big bucks over there, those horses. Why, I, I, why wouldn't it be for men as well? Um, but I don't know in that when you get to the, in like, Australia, NFR not. and things like that, it's definitely an all-girl yeah. sport. Yeah. So I don't know what the rules are. He was at pony club level. He wasn't at NFR level, but but it was a big deal. It was just a straight-up barrel. Like, it was like going on a camp draft with 600 horse entries or whatever not 600 horses but 600 800 or whatever they had a hot, it was a, it was just a full weekend of barrel racing that's yeah, all wow. it was it was a, a big it was a big deal there was lots of barrel races there so we did the shows i know i've got photos of us doing the show there um and i, I took video i just i'm just gonna have to get into the archives to see if i can find it and uh, if i can i'll well, you got an archives department now yeah the, <laughs> we've got the studio for the podcast we got archives which you know what it is is a c container we got a lot of stuff in there but there'll be hard drives and bits and pieces we haven't been too good at cleaning things up for the last 10 years or so I'm, tech fella. Well, I'm all over it you just saw me with the button pushing before well, yeah well quite frankly this is episode seven you've let me down yellow you want the clap yeah there you i was thinking more like crickets yeah you're gonna I go the, it was like the a green one Oh, that one. I want that yeah. one. I'm just going to hold my finger over yeah, that one. Um, but I, I wanted to get to this part because that's where we met our sponsors over there that helped us out, Prevent Feeders, which Dan reminded me of in one of the other episodes, which they have a, a big feeding bin that they're pushing towards, especially the studs. And it has it was quite an uh, ingenious. And you can sort of get them over here in Australia, but, but not really. And it's these big tubs. So the horse had to put his whole head into the tub. And then they had like these cups that were just big enough for his muzzle. And so the grains would sit in those like there's multiple um, little divots in, in this in this big feeder yeah. and so what they were saying is you know when you get mares and stuff out in the paddock and one mare's quickly hunting the other mares and they're all just running around with this thing gave them enough grain that kept them interested but but blocked out what was happening around them so that these horses would just stay with their head in their one feeder and not be worrying about every other horse and what they were doing and is one horse getting more than the other or, or whatever you know two horses are eating out of this feed bin and then over here so one how many heads could fit in one bin one 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 horse would get one bin but it was basically just saying like i know what it's like here because I, I have one of my paddocks i've got uh 13 horses in when i feed them i split them into two mobs because they're young horses so i put seven up because they're they sort of keep their own mob and then i put six out there because it's just hectic yeah where if i had these feeders then i would be comfortable with the 13 horses out there eating because they would just keep they just keep i've seen it work they were expensive Pricey. yes i could say people could see tubs yes yeah, so those tubs prevent feeders 
But anyway, so that's a little. Well, it sh- sounds like a fair idea, but anyway, so they get they they're shipping the, they're getting this thing out there and I want to be sponsored by them. Yeah, well, they helped us with cash over there because it was we weren't going to make it to be honest without them. And it wasn't huge. It wasn't like they give us ten or twenty or hundred grand. It was it was a few thousand, but it was enough. It was it was enough to sort of help us and and get us sort of by right because mm. we're not working and and like I said, those demos not getting paid, not getting paid for the World Equestrian Games. It's it's all for the publicity and to be a part of the event. So anyway, we meet them at this at this deal. So that was yep. that was really cool. We get them signed up, and then they want us. They see the horses, and they want us to perform in in Vegas at yeah, a cool. show that they're sponsoring. But we weren't going to get the horses there because they were, wouldn't have been able to go there plus get to Lexington. So which I really wanted them to because they would those horses would have been cool in Vegas. Yeah. So they ship those horses straight to Lexington, but we were just going to go and borrow horses. So they're flying us to Vegas, and when they tell me you're going to fly us to Vegas, like I've been hanging around with James, and he's not drinking, he's not socializing, and Except I'm with the thumb. I am like, let's let's go to Vegas. <laughs> and Dan's girlfriend at the time done a fair bit in Vegas, and she's like, oh, there's nothing in Vegas, nothing good in Vegas. That. Nothing good. That's what she's, she's saying. <laughs> making her sound a little bit going. She's done a fair bit in Vegas. <laughs> no, not like that. She, I don't want to. What sounded like? Nice, no, nice. No. And that's what you hear. Well, no, other listeners don't hear that. They trust did, me. They did trust me. <laughs> okay, I'll have to press the yellow button. <laughs> No, the yellow one. That was better anyway. I'm not doing it. <laughs> We're not pressing those buttons anymore. They're out. Okay. Till I know what they do, I'm not disappointed. I've heard buttons. all about you the You get told that as kids. When you kids, you get told don't bloody press buttons. You don't know what they're going to do. You don't. We do know what they're going to do. The yellow one. It's about seeing the, the thumb in Vegas. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't think that works for that. But anyway, so these sponsors are going to take us there. So we get back and I, I'm going to go. I'm go. So I go early. Is that like come out straight away? And James, the girlfriend says, you, you just go for the show night basically, oh, right? So I go by myself, get myself on the flight, go there. And when I when I rock up at the airport, when I land at the airport in Vegas, they've got a driver there with my name on it. Oh, so, happy days. Yeah, it takes me to my limo. One person, the sponsors are put on a limo. I'm just like a celebrity. What is that? I know, I'm like big town never you know like this is my first trip this is your Seinfeld moment so I get in the limo they take me to South Point and for the, for the listeners in America South Point it's like that's where they have the radios and big shows um, it's, it's so it's a casino hotel but it's got a huge arena um, where they did that um, the raining million dollar invitational raining oh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was yeah. at South Point yeah it's a, it's a big it's a big deal so so that's where we're staying yep. so anyway the um, the sponsors take us slumming it, it yeah it's just so, it's, so they take us out there they're taking really good care of us, and I, I think even at this point, where I'm going to get to in the story, when I when I tell this, that James might have even been there at this point that the show started, and the sponsors are going to take us out for a dinner and blah blah blah. But again, he's not really going out, so he doesn't come with us. So we go out to dinner in the limos, and I think at this point, like it's we've got a whole crew of us. So is the thumb there, or is yeah? She comes oh, for okay. this part. Yeah, so that's why he's not coming. So out. he stays with her. Yeah, yep. good idea, good thinking, Dotty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing his own sound effects now. And if you couldn't figure that out already, so don't reach the buttons, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> How's that rum going over there? Yeah, good. Just Lovely. right. Yeah, perfect. Yep, sounds like it. Yeah. So, so we go out to dinner, and and it's a big and it's a big deal. I wish I could edit some of this out. Yellow button. No, nah, I'm not doing it. It's a big deal. Buttons. <laughs> got to get on with this podcast. We're already sorry, at like sorry. Carry on. nearly an hour, and we're not even into page three. We know we've got a lot of pages. Shite. 
So we got we're gonna have this, we got this big dinner. Page tree. We got this big dinner. Big dinner. And there's in at the trough. Well, I was just fancy. All I remember was how fancy this place was that these sponsors took us to. And I got to talk because at this point, you know, the tipping over there, right? Yeah. So we're tipping, and I I was f- frustrated with the tipping when I first went to America. I'm gonna I'm gonna add it in the story a little bit later about tipping, but I just remember trying to work it out. I just was like, oh, I wish it was like Australia you didn't have tipping. It was just, who do you tip? Who don't you tip? How much do you tip? It's just a big deal, and you couldn't figure out whatever anything was going to cost you because you're always adding on tips all the time. You sort the limo driver so, out. So we go. Well, I didn't have to. I don't know. Good point. Was his name Lloyd Christmas? Yes. No. <laughs> I just now you made me wonder. I don't know at that point if I was too good at tipping um, drivers and things like that. Because even shuttle buses over there, you know, you should tip the shuttle bus. True story. Yeah. Oh dear, I've offended yep. a few there. That's what I'm saying. So that, I think they're used to it because once they start dealing with international travellers, yeah, yeah, I think they're quite used to it. But they, I noticed they probably the know Americans, the flights that come in too, and the Americans are get on it. You know, they know to tip just a couple of dollars, but there'll be a little cup at the front of the. I'm to mention it. He did. Let's it was get testy. Let's get to the. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yep. So I we're at this dinner and it's a very expensive dinner and the sponsor's paying for it. So that's no problem. So we're there and, I'm, and we've got a fair table and I'm looking at that and this waiter is the best waiter I've ever, ever been to or seen even since. Like he's on to it. You don't be to a waiter. You sit there and they come to you. Been to, <laughs> right. Okay. I meant to restaurants. I haven't had yeah. other waiters. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that, Tim. Kim. Tim. I've had him. <laughs> I don't think I've ever called so, you Tim. No. So the waiter's... Uh, yeah. Been, so anyway, so the there. waiter's... He's, I bet he's the type of guy, if you needed anything, he was going to get it for you. Yeah. But I asked him about his deal, about tipping. What's a good night for you? You know, he said on a good night, he'd get $1,500 in tips. Oh, hey. That's the level we're dealing with. This restaurant, this is top shelf Vegas. Oh. So he's like, and so I said, and I just said to him, I remember saying to him, a job would be hard to get here then I'm imagining. He's like, oh yeah, you know, this yeah, is a well. career. It's not like I'm going to wait while I'm studying for such and such. Like if you get into those sorts of restaurants, you stay there. Like that's, that's what you're going to do. Big money, right? So, that's fine. We go there. After we finish dinner, they get us in the in the deal and they take us to a club. I'm not going to quite say what sort of club we're talking about, but it's a club where maybe girls don't have too much clothes on and they're dancing and maybe people give them money. Not so many members. So I'm not going to not going to go right out there and say exactly what it is, but but it's that maybe that sort of club, right? So yeah. we're in, yeah. we're in this deal and the, we've been there for a little while with the sponsors and it's a good night, drinking drinks, whatever. The limo driver comes in like and Christmas and he just sort of goes over to the to the sponsor guy and says to him, look, um, my, my time's up with my shift. I, I, it's okay. He's like, I'm not not rushing yet, but if you're going to leave soon, then I'll stay. And if you're going to take be here a while, we'll send. A, they're going to send another limo out. And anyway, the guy's like, no, no, no we're, we're not going to be too long. So he goes, oh, okay. Goes back out to the limo. We keep partying on. Everything's great. Then some time's passed. The limo yeah, you've dro- ignored him for the next three hours. The limo driver <laughs> comes back in and he basically doesn't give an option. He just says to the sponsor, he's like, okay, another limo's coming and it's going to be here. It's been great being your service tonight, but blah, blah, blah. What's I'm going to leave. Out? Yeah, so I didn't think about it until afterwards. I'm just like, well, <laughs> you didn't need to come in and tell us that. He shook his hand. No, well, it was <laughs> luckily. High five him. Luck- High five. <laughs> luckily, it wasn't me that he was worrying about. So he got Very a tip. Very luckily. Yeah. He would have got a tip, but I was like, oh, yeah, good for telling me. Thanks, bud. See ya. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he was basically saying, Where's my tip? Yeah. And uh, he would have been paid off. Would have copped a good tip. So then we're going on a couple more hours. We leave and it's like a hangover three, part three movie. We step out the door, sun's up. Daylight. Daylight. I'm loving it because this is where we need James on the line because James knows. He would have been sober as a judge. Well, he's not there, but he knows how much I like sleep. He knows. (laughs) 
It's not that this story stands out in my mind yeah. because I'm still awake at daylight. So were you cranky because you saw sunlight? <laughs> no, I was impressed because I didn't feel like we were coming out in the daylight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in Vegas, if you haven't been to Vegas, Vegas is like that full stop. Yeah. Like if, if you're I in imagine. a hotel, they, they don't have they, all the windows, are, they've got the blinds shut, they're, they're all clocks. block out. You, they don't want you to know. Yeah. And and I actually, this isn't, again, in the timeline, but I went back to Vegas with Pia when she was pregnant with Zara and I saw Vegas in a whole different light. Like I only saw Vegas at nighttime yeah. when I went the first time. Second time I only saw it in daylight and it's two different cities. Okay. It's two different places. So what in daylight? Like, the, not is as there good. anything to see? No, it's not It's not. It's not all great. about the nightlife it's and not the shows about the night. and the casinos. And- yeah. So anyway, we get we get back in the limo. We, we go to the hotel. First place all the guys go is to the bar. I'm like, no, I'm done. Human. I'm done. I'm daylight. I'm proud of myself. James would have been proud of me. I was representing Double Dan. You know, imagine if we both did, if neither of us went out then. I mean, that's not looking good for the sponsors. You've pulled up stumps. So I've gone, I've gone in. We've done the show the next night. We, we've done the show. It's the the show that a lot of people might have seen, which is the get an unbroke horse. You've talked about it on, on one yeah. of the previous episodes. Get on the back, stand on the back of a cracker whip. He did that part with uh it was a Spanish horse show. We got a Spanish horse, which isn't an Andalusian, by the way. It's like the equivalent, people that are listening, the uh, Australian stock horse is a society, it's a breed, it's, you know, it's it's the Spanish horse is like the Australian stock horse of Spain. Yeah, okay. So it's not an Andalusian, it might have Andalusian in it. Yeah. yeah. It could have Lusitana so in it. it's more a type than a breed. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's yeah. just like a society. And so it was their championship and uh, and it was there at Vegas and um, and we, we were a part of that. So Dan had one of these horses, he did the demo, I did the... Um, commentating while he did it which was quite yep. common if we didn't have two horses or anything like that and then from there we finish up in Vegas and we're heading across to uh, Lexington from there so the horses were already in transport so we were sort of trying to sort of how far Vegas to Lexington uh, drive but that's again we need James on there it's a few days drive he, yeah. did, he did it last year for that for the um, yep. invitational rain and deal a bloody long way it's a bloody long way I'm going to feel like it's three good days of um, of travelling to be honest but when I was getting the all- next state over from California, isn't it? Yes, it's so bad. Yeah, so you're talking east, three west, quarters, west, east. Yeah, three quarters of the way. Yeah, and to Oregon's the same. So you have got um, yeah. California, and then the next state up, heading towards Canada, north is Oregon. Yeah. So it's it's all on the wrong side yeah, yeah. Of, of the deal. So if we had our contacts that we have now, we would have got Nikki's horses. Shipped. It's a bloody long way. It's a bloody. Long Are we there yet? Yet? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Remember the land far, far, far away. So at least the horses were traveling. They were taking a few days to get there, or probably a week, really. And we f- we're flying. So we. Had had those extra days while they were traveling in Vegas, and then we scoot across, you know, by jet, not private. We were in cattle class. It's disappointing, isn't yes, it? Yes, we weren't at the pointy end. Ever word with the sponsors about that? We're on the budget side of things. Yes, they might have taken given us a limo to get to the airport, but they certainly didn't put us on a private jet or anything like that. No, just the big hoof to get out, just oh. kick you in the ass, and there you are, cattle class, go your hardest. Yeah, but we still want to thank Prevent Feeders yes. <laughs> for giving us that opportunity there in uh, Lexington in 2010. So thank you, guys. Not a sponsor of the podcast. Podcast, but certainly would be welcome if they were sure yep throw a few prevent feeders our way absolutely yeah Kim wants some doing good for your reset mares too right keep them from fighting well they don't mind it. they're pugilistic mum yeah that's a big word Kim sorry thank you I've got no idea what that means I can only imagine it means they fight alright that's what I sort of figure but anyway we don't need- mind rolling the sleeves up the old girls hey, old special comments is on fire tonight <laughs> not having Dan James on here he's chiming in oh, on every it's old. taken us Dottie twice as long be- to get here 
yeah, yeah. Got to be rocking bloody Jesse off to sleep. Yeah, isn't that? pretty teething at last night. No extra messages, so I don't know if we're going to get him on. But anyway, I was going on the Facebook just to see if I was going to miss anything. One of the things that, that did pop up on Facebook, and this is sort of going backwards, is Dan and I went to a Craig Morgan concert. Martin, have you heard of him? No. So he's a country and western singer over yeah, there. Okay. Pretty yep. big deal in the States. Yeah, cool. We go on his tour bus. Oh. Yeah, we get a shout out in the concert. It's yeah, It was a pretty big deal. So I got photos of us with Craig on the Facebook 2010 in his in his bus because Dan's girlfriend knew him. So it wasn't like he's like, oh, they had the double dance. No, no. Yeah. So that's how we got in there. But we got in there none, nonetheless. Yes, it's not a rapper. It wasn't 50 Cent or Eminem, which I would have been even more excited about, clearly. Obviously. But I thought it just yeah. – Proper celebrity. I just wanted to just insert that into the podcast. Yeah. So let's get back to where I was talking about. We're in Lexington now. Let's just, the horses are arrived. We're at the horse park. But this isn't – the game is still a way off from happening. We're just now basing ourselves there, getting the horses ready. Yeah, okay. And, and while – So you're on, on site? On site, yeah. yeah because cool. remember back to the, one of the other episodes with Dan talking about uh, Clay Meyer, his contact that's that's running, I guess, the entertainment and the clinicians at World Equestrian yeah. Games. Yeah. So we're staying with him in the short term. We've got our horses at the park and we're basically there ahead of time. And they do these daily shows there that visitors and tourists that come in. So we we, we performed in the daily show. We get on board with that, get a bit of exposure for the yeah, horses. And, and that was our covering the horses board. Yeah. And so we were doing that and then we were getting ourselves ready. And one of the things I was going to hit James up about was that was my first introduction to Amish people, which he's had a lot to do with yep. living over there. And it was funny because they were like renovating and, you know, sprucing up the park yep. because so many international people and whatever were coming. So they were, they've got like already the place had a heap of history, but they've got these big old barns and they're re-tiling the roof. So it's like little slate tile roof deals. So the Amish don't believe in technology, do well, That's they? what I was getting to. So yes and no, depending on- How hard they got to work. No, it's not even necessarily <laughs> that. It's just where they their religion, where it's probably more regional. Okay. And then it can be, so we're on, they're on these roofs and there's heaps of them. And they've got these other contractors, American contractors, and some Amish- if you work for somebody, you can use their power tools. You can't own the power tools, but yeah. you can use them. Some Amish know you can't. So I'm up. On, I'm watching this stuff. I'm there. I've got a lot of time on my hands. And I'm watching some Amish people use an nail gun, some just with a hammer, right? And then a bunch of American contractors it's use like a bloody good loophole when you're an Amish to get in on board with a major contract company. Yeah, but even with the Amish that was on the roof, some were using it, some weren't using it. And I'm watching that gun because I could just tell, like I didn't even know much about the religion. Yeah. But I was just, I must have asked the question like why is that guy using a hammer and this guy is using they say well, that's what they told me they're like well depending on his religion is uh, depending on where he is is what he can use so we we end up getting rollers made um from the Amish and the good thing about the quality is unreal like their leather works unreal but but you couldn't ring them on the phone and you couldn't communicate right. like by email or anything like that carrier pigeons and yeah so what you'd have and you can't just when you had to talk to them so if you want to put an order in for 10 rollers for example right yeah. let's just imagine our Amish guy name Tim. Tim. Yeah. So I got to write. I got to write to Tim. I got to say hi, Tim. You know, I hope the weather's been good. And so you literally write him a letter. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and I can't just go, Tim. I want ten rollers. I go, Tim. Hope the weather's been kind to you, and the seasons are good, and you know it's prosper, and they all the farms good, the kids are good, the wife's good. Get into some of that. Our deal's been going good. We're you know doing this. We're doing that. By the way, if you get a chance, could you make ten rollers for us at your convenience? This place? is the reason I wrote the letter. Yeah. Put but you brackets. put that you put that no yeah. <laughs> you put that all in there and then you <laughs> go all right blah blah good see you bye and then he would write back to you straight away not that the rollers are ready it arrives what two days later the le- his or letter you're in the same establishment so it, no 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 I'm not talking about this this is like 
this is when we're here in Australia, okay. even or in America. Yeah, it doesn't okay. matter. This is like years later. Yep. We've got onto Amish. Yep. Okay. Building some gear for us. Yep, with you. And so then he would write back to you, oh, great to hear from you, Dan. Yes. You know, it's been a favorable season. The kids are good and this is good. And, da, 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 da. and then eventually he would go, I'll get to those rollers when I get an opportunity. Thanks for the letter. So just to let you know, he got the letter. Yeah. And then you'd wait and you'd wait and you'd wait. And then maybe three rollers turn up, five rollers turn up, six rollers turn up. I don't think ever the amount of rollers turned up that you ordered. Just a random collection would turn up in the mail and a letter would be with that. They're, oh, I got to it. Here's six rollers. I've been a little busy. I'll get the rest to you or whatever. Yeah, okay. This is how you deal with business with them. It's just a whole nother world. What, they just laid back or? Uh, again, I can't probably, we probably need to get somebody else on yeah. this podcast and knows more about yeah, it than me because I'm only just saying, because a lot of them come to the big expos and things like that that we do. A lot of them uh, would come to it and and watch, like spectate. Because they do horsework? They do. They use horses exactly. They don't have cars or anything like yeah. that. And so you'd see a lot of them, but I, we wouldn't interact with a lot of them. But anyway, we, we'll, we'll keep moving on because this is going to be a long podcast as it is <laughs> with all special comments chiming in every two minutes. Killing me. We we rented a little house. Press the button. Yeah. <laughs> after after we moved from, from having Clay and having him put us up, we rented a little house and it's a funny little park because it comes up a couple of times. But anyway, when we're sort of driving back to this house, Dan would do all the driving because he'd been to America you know before and it's the wrong side of the road right yeah so I would just be in the passenger seat but when this little house that we would go to one time we're driving back and we've been we're going back and forth all the time to the horse park shopping whatever we're going back and it's like through a few little side streets we, we come to this intersection we're head on we're head on to another car and, and we stop in front of this car and Dan just goes off look at this dickhead he's on the wrong side of the road and he started to abuse this guy and I remember just like looking at Dan looking forward looking at Dan looking forward and I'm like James we're on the wrong side of the road <laughs> you're on the wrong side but we borrowed this car from the farrier at the horse park and it had local number plates and everything so you can't even go oh I'm a tourist yeah. in a hire car yeah. and then the, then we realised and straight away Dan's like got his hand up sorry sorry we <laughs> <laughs> and he's like you know we're the dickheads sorry <laughs> as we drive past him but uh, I just thought I, I added it in because it was it was funny at the time and, and it's certainly a little stressful. And I'll just imagine what they were mm. thinking. Like, also, what are they thinking? Like, yeah. what's this guy doing? <laughs> and and they, did, they didn't get out of their car or anything. It's a merry. They probably didn't want to get shot. <laughs> The, the classic but they weren't beeping they just were like this with their hands up doing? sort of like what's going on and they couldn't go anywhere like we're nearly to the point that it's a crash nice. and because he's like you know how you cut corners and stuff yeah. and those little side streets yeah. and it was just a little bit hectic and it was enough to give me a bit of a fright yeah, I've had similar ones at shows where people people have come up to me and said you're Dan Steers aren't you yeah but and I go yeah well, I don't have time for you you little piss ant oh. <laughs> <laughs> thanks mate so that's where my reputation comes Exactly. I always try and so James is messaging Jesse's up he's going to try to get on the line on 10 minutes so got to think of all this stuff we're going to get back to him so anyway, the cars, the car in the house is going to come back in a couple of stories. So I, I thought it'd be a good little segue just to add that in. But we're going to fast forward, and now like Piers flowing in, so I haven't seen her for a couple of months. Piers come in. We've got um, some other help helping us out. Like we're getting close to the show. Sarah Thompson, um, who is a fan of the podcast, right? Woo. Yeah, she she's working for us. She comes in there. She meets the Riata Cowgirls, mind you, at the at this show, and then she ends up writing for them now. So she's she's the Loyalty is no good. Is right. what I'm trying to say. Thanks, Sarah. But <laughs> but but anyway, big fan of the show. Work for us. Left us after meeting the Riata Ranch, 
out there. But anyway, things are starting to get uh, cooking now. We, we, we fast forward a little bit. We're getting into the rehearsals for the for the for the, the big opening, right? Yeah. So I want to sort of touch on, on that because people start rolling in to the grounds now. We're starting to get the other clinicians that are going to be there, plus other performers, right? And we're talking about like Stacey Westfall, Paparelli, Clinton Anderson, John Lyons, he, he, heaps of big names. And so we're we're just like the starstruck deals yeah. coming there and. The, the one of the things that I sort of wanted to bring up about so Stacey Westfall, like she, she became famous for winning the um, Quarter Horse Congress, reigning, reigning freestyle, freestyle. Yep. bareback bridalist, full reigning pattern. She went on the Ellen DeGeneres show. You know, it was a it was a huge deal. Millions and millions of views on yep. that YouTube clip, right? Her horse had been retired at this point and they brought it back out of retirement just for this opening. And she's yep. going to ride bareback and bridalist. So I'm like, this is a huge deal. We're yep. quite good friends now with Stacey and her husband, Jesse. So I, I haven't even told them this sort of stuff, which I hope they do listen. And, and if, yeah, if they, they do, then they get, get to the that. Podcast. Because I'm like, yeah, I'm just in awe and I'm looking forward to it. So every rehearsal you had your allocated time. So that's now Tommy Turvey's there with, with him. Mm-hmm. Riata Ranch is there. We're doing our rehearsals. But when Stacey's rehearsals are happening, I'm going down there because I want to watch her and that horse. Yeah. Every rehearsal bar two, she rides with a saddle, Full saddle and, and a bridle. And I'm yeah. like, I'm just wanting to wait. I want to see this. Yeah. The other two, one of them, she rode with the saddle but no bridle yep. and the other one she rode no saddle but with the bridle yep. the only one time that she did that deal was for that night time and, I'll, and I and again I wanted James here because I was going to say to him because at that point especially under saddle we didn't have anything that schooled like on the ground's a different deal but under saddle we were riding plenty of horses bareback and bridles but if you could re- we would have done the rehearsals as is to see if we could pull it off or not mm. so if that was us we would have done that yeah. deal yeah. it would have been the other way around maybe two rehearsals we might not have yeah. but all the rest we would have done bareback and bridle. So that was something I remember watching just going this, but that's how she kept that horse so correct. It was a real yeah. learning point for me. I remember hearing just, her present one day where she, she was, I think it was Equitana, and she said exactly that. She said she spent a huge amount of time, something like 400 hours training that horse with a bridle on and no saddle. Yeah. And then the opposite, 400 hours with a saddle on and no bridle, and then put it all together, 400 hours with well, nothing. And then she yeah. basically teaches that horse as much as she can so she can correct it straight away. Well, she did the um, the when she talked about it, I, I, at the same deal she talked about it there. She said that that horse did two years of reigning training just with her husband yep. Jesse. Yep. So there's already two years. Then she actually did that freestyle the year before, bridleless, but with the saddle on. Nobody really picked up on that. Yeah, and and I don't think she won necessarily. She might have won, but it just didn't get publicized. Yeah, and then she was like, "That was a big deal." Yeah, but I got to go. Obviously, I've got to go one step further. So then she spent another twelve months. So now we're talking four years yeah. of training to get that clip and that's what I don't think people understand the yeah. dedication that's what I wanted to bring up for us even we didn't understand at that point when we're talking about keeping a horse yeah. that schooled and and her dedication was was just unreal and and like I mentioned that horse came out of retirement to do that and so for that for that night and it was a it was a way bigger atmosphere way bigger arena props all sorts of stuff for her to actually do yeah. the show than what it was for the congress and it would be great if we do get her on the podcast actually ask her about it because was she more nervous for the opening or was she more nervous competing yeah. because you're not competing at the end of the day yeah. it's only you out there and if the horse doesn't quite go right you can yeah. hide it or whatever but when you're competing you've got your competitiveness also to deal with at the same time mm. so there's a whole different deal and by that time if you believe Facebook she was blind and mute by that time <laughs> so she was doing it tough yeah okay. doing so, the whole thing blind yeah you got to explain that now it's going to be for the people that don't know there's a thing going around that somebody's making money off a 
clip. That's all it is. If someone's grabbed a clip, they've put on there that the girl was blind and mute. So then it goes or and gets- deaf and mute. Either way, but, you know, yeah. sensory deprived. Yes. And then all of a sudden, millions of people watch the clip and yep. think how amazing it is and share it. But whoever uploaded it to YouTube, if it gets over whatever million views, yep. they start getting paid for it. So that's what he's alluding to, which yep. I wouldn't give them any credit no. and put it on there. But anyway, so that blew, that blew my mind, that level of horsemanship and her dedication. So then, then we're going to get into the last rehearsal. Now we do this last rehearsal. Up until this point, these horses are on fire. Like Tommy's horses, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. So two days before, one day the night, before, the day before. <laughs> one day before. So the other, the other the horses, there's, there's there's two horses doing liberty, and the horse gets sent. So there's one horse starts a show, then the second horse has to run out there. This is an open arena, which I've mentioned before. There's that they can leave the arena in two different spots. Then then it's like a horseshoe shaped crowd, and then the basically the backstage part is where the orchestra is. So that's that's what they're contending with on the, the even Tommy's horses had played up during rehearsals previously you don't These want are, to be the first flautist you get hammered the, by some horse leaving the arena yeah that's what we're going to be that's what we're worried about being famous for <laughs> and that would have been a good thing to be famous for just quietly nah, that's not what we're not doing. as good but yeah, yeah. so the, the last rehearsal the horse horse pisses off runs one off. of yours yeah one of ours one of Nicky's at one, that point yeah one of Nicky's <laughs> yes one one of Nicky's and runs off and, and you know we, we school it and everything like that but now think about the doubt in your mind. Yep, that's that's coming, um, you know, to us that we're starting to think. Yep. Okay, maybe maybe we're not going to pull this off. Adds a fair bit more pressure. So we get to the night to the opening ceremony, and the Liberty Show goes off without a hitch. Fantastic. Tommy's horses do what they're supposed to do. Our horses do what what they're supposed to do, and everything's great. Huge night when they when they're doing the um, closing part, the finale. Yep. So I was lost for words there. When they're doing the finale, right? All the shows coming back out, and right as it's like the horseshoe shape, so you come in one gate, you yep. go around the crowd, you come out the other. The guy that does cowboy dressage, and he was in the show, uh, Ethan, I think his name is. I can't. It's it's a funny name, Ethan Beth something. I can't. Like, I don't have it. But but anyone in the cowboy dressage would know. He's sort of like the yep. the main man, the, the instigator of cowboy dressage. Got this yep. beautiful horse, rears up just on the out gate. He falls off. He's unconscious. Oh. So as we're leaving the arena, like we don't see that other people see it so we've got to walk past him there, there's the paramedics doing the CPR CPR on him behind a couple they've dragged him behind a couple of props trees some crowd would be able to see and we're walking past so we're at the biggest high that's why I was trying to bring this up because we've just done the biggest thing you know we've we've spent more than yes it's three months in America but it's it's we were yeah. talking about 12 month longer 18 month deal and this was going to be our launching point for Double Down Horsemanship right and it's all gone great after having the, the doubt that maybe it wouldn't. And now we've got one of the other crew members and he's there and he's and he's obviously not doing well. And we're all riding past him. So then we're, once you get out the back, you're like, what's going on? What's going on? Oh, we'll his horse reared up and he hit his head and and, and anyway, they, they're working away on him. And he leaves in an ambulance and, and the ambulance leaves with no siren on, just quiet. And it's got to oh, go through all the people. No. There's 30,000 people. And, then, and I don't pick up on that. Pierce says straight away, she's like, that's not good. She's like, no. whenever it goes, you know, they're not rushing, it's not a good Sign. So now we're all like, oh, Either really good or really bad. Luckily, it's the good. Yeah, good. He had a heart attack. Oh, okay. So that's why the horse reared so up he because jagged when he, on its mouth. Yes, he's yeah, got okay. one of those big Western 
bits on it. And of course, it's not a problem. Like anybody listening going, oh, you shouldn't have a big bit. It's not about the bit. It's just the yeah. fact that he rides it so lightly. Now, when you're going to fall off because you're unconscious, yeah. and he pull, had that hand and he pulled that horse. So the horse said that big bit pull on him and the guy falling off. It's yeah. now reared up. So somebody seen that thought that that's yeah. what he fought off because he, the horse reared up and he hit his head. He didn't hit his head. Yeah. His heart stopped. They got his heart going. Those paramedics got his heart yeah. going. That's why the ambulance wasn't rushing out of there because he was actually conscious. Yeah. Okay. So we get news of that, which because of the whole point, the whole show is like, it, it's just somber. So then we get news of it and we packed up the horses and it's late and we're going to go out and we're going to go have dinner. So so we go out to have- so He turns up? No, he doesn't turn up. He's still <laughs> in hospital. He, he's not there for the rest of the show. Yeah. So yeah. we just put that out there. Um, he's in hospital, but he's alive. Yeah, so we well. get the news, we go out and it's just our crew and we took a while to find somewhere because it was midweek. It wasn't actually a weekend. They opened the ceremony. So a lot of places weren't open and we finally found this uh, bar and restaurant sort of in Lexington there. And again, I wanted Dan because he'd probably know the name of yeah, it now yeah. living in Lexington. Yeah. It's a really nice place. And um, anyway, the restaurant said it does pizza and pasta and just bits and pieces. They said they'll stay open for us, but we could only have pizza. That's what they're going to keep going. So we're like, no exactly, no worries. So we get a table and um, we're sitting down and we're sort of now feeling good about ourselves and about the show and it's a relief and, yep. and, and whatever. And then other people from the show start calling because they're finding the same thing. They're trying to all go get a feed, can't find anywhere open. So where are you? What are you doing? Vegas. So we end up saying, well, we're here and we start, because they, they're going to leave one waitress there for us. They're, they're shutting shop. So we tell them, we said, look, we've got some more people coming. Can they come? And they're like, yep, yep, no worries. We end up getting two massive tables and they leave a second waitress and the cook staff and they're cooking pizzas. I mean, we have, they don't, this is now where I realize tipping is important. Yeah. Because at no point did they make us feel uncomfortable that we should leave yeah. because we're keeping them back. The one waitress was a little bit annoyed that they kept a second waitress. She did bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> Because now she's sharing her tips. She can slap out pies like no one. She's like, I could have handled it, but they left a second one. And we're having a ball now. We've got that. And that's what I remember from it is how good that feeling was that we we completed it. One of those special end of event things where yeah, venues cool. Sharing pizzas. All works. I'm thinking, I know that we gave them like a $100 tip just for our part of the bill. Might have even been 200 because it was a big deal. And I thought to myself, they, they would have gone with a $1,000 or more tip yeah. for staying open for an extra extra couple of hours. But like a Vegas waitress. Yeah, she would have felt like that, but usually she wouldn't have been a, a Vegas yeah. $1,500 waitress or whatever. And waitress or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, Kim, <laughs> I don't know why you – special comments – Where's the? Come on, stop it! Yeah, you got crickets. Best I can give. I like how you, you have to introduce the crickets each time. <laughs> It's less effective. You reckon? Yeah. All right. All right. So anyway, right, this now the show starts. So so we're going to go from we've done the opening ceremony, we've had the great meal, everything's good. We're now getting into the demos. So this is what they did. And I, and I spoke about it in one of the other uh, episodes is they had 16 days of competition. You did 16 days of- And it was broken up into four parts. Yep. The bigger clinicians had the 16 days and others only had four or eight. Yep. We got the 16 because of being in with Clay and being there. So this was our- our opportunity to get ourselves out there in front. It was, it was probably more important than the wet, the yeah. open games because yeah. now we can talk to the public, we can tell them who we are and we start getting some contacts from, from then on. But one of the things that I wanted to get into, now that the games start, you know that house I brought up before that we were staying at? Yeah. So anyway, we go and rent this house and they had already organized to rent it out to somebody during the games, a volunteer, but it was only one person and the person that was renting that- <laughs> to, to crash this for, ball for a house. 
no, no. But the, so when we get this deal, like this is before Airbnb, but we get it like on an online thing and they get to the house and the guy says, look, because we want the whole thing. We want it for, we're there for a few weeks before or whatever. Yep. And now we're going to get it for the that plus the, the show. And he's like, oh, this is the money. He has like a granny flat at his place. So he says to us, I'm going to see if I'll move the lady because she was just moved, coming by herself into the, if she's happy to do pay less and come into the granny flat, you guys can have it for the whole time. Like happy days. We don't hear back from old mate. He gives us one day's winning that we got to get out. He doesn't offer it to her. He feels bad. He comes to us and says, oh, you guys got to go. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to tell us earlier because he feels that we might leave a week earlier. If we have more time, yeah, okay. then he will lost out a bit of rent. His tip just went to the shit house. Yeah, he didn't get no tip. Yeah, so nice. he, he throws that on us. So we start the show and we're homeless at this point. Living so, in a tent with Jerry Seinfeld and bloody... I wish. Yeah, well... <laughs> I think Jerry wasn't talking about him living in a tent. I think he was talking about the homeless having the tent. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we that's a bit of a panic. So we're at the show and Dan knows someone who someone's trying to find us some accommodation. Somewhere they're talking to somebody. We finish our first demo and they're like, I hear you need somewhere to stay. We might have somewhere. Come and have dinner, blah, blah, blah. Consensus is going to be a good joint. So we go out there. It was a bit of a drive and I don't think we had, we didn't have dinner at this house. We went and, and had a drive out. It wasn't like in Lexington. So it was another suburb or town or something away, you know, let's say about 20 kilometers, something like that. Not too far, but not real close. So we drive out there for this dinner and we have dinner and it's one of the other performers that was in the in the, in the the games. Or she, I don't know if um, she was performing, but she was doing some of the demonstrations. She was staying, that's how the contact ended up coming. She was staying with somebody else. And so she was at this dinner and whatever else. We're all having a chat. She's getting ready to drive back. She's from California or Oregon or something like that. Yeah. And she's driving back and we're all talking. This guy, and we don't at this point know exactly who's playing and where we're going to be staying and like we've got our gear like we need to stay somewhere this yeah. guy's like oh yeah you're going to stay and it wasn't where we're having dinner it was somewhere else he's like we're going to, you're going to stay at my place and then he decides that he can't let this lady Carol drive back to California by herself that's too far she already driven over by herself so he says him and his son are going to go and drive her back with her rig fly back after it's finished we're going to have the house he's just met us this one time so he takes us to his house shows us his house it's wow. a two story big farmhouse it's a big How farm this is the hospitality over in the yeah. States that people exactly. don't know about, yeah. right? And so he gives us the house. We've got Pierre. We've got, like I said, we've got a couple of help girls. We've got, we got Dan. We go in this house and they, he only spends one night in the house with us and the next day he's gone. And I think we had to feed a couple of pet animals. That was all that was a part of staying there. Did you bother feeding him? Yes, of course. I <laughs> him. Jeez, you're a good bloke. Yes. <laughs> he gets back, finds his dog dead. <laughs> I think it was like a, it was a, it was a cow Bloody or something Aussie else. Bastards. I don't think it was, it was a dog. Didn't feed my cow. He, got, he jumps in the truck and, and drives these guys, um, Carol, and back three and a half thousand. Dan would know, yeah. Dan knows this Carol pretty well. So if we again get him on here, I know he's going to um, send us a message here anytime soon to say that he can get on. To, he would he would be on the last ten minutes. Yeah. but we'll at least there. But yeah, he gets on. So we get this house. We're driving backwards and forwards, and we're doing everything. We're we're, we're starting to meet these these people over there. Like I said, Pat Pirelli. One of the things that I want to say about Pat, like not only like I'm watching his demos because I'm trying to learn. So I'm I'm watching yeah. Pat's demos, Clinton's demos, and they're all different different how they do their stuff yeah and pat's like high energy he has a lot of his um people his, his students do his demos and then he just sort of chimes in and anyway he, he's inclusive he wants everybody to be you know a community so one night he decides he's at his barn and and he's going to throw a party in 
impromptu party. He's going to supply the meat. He's going to supply the liquor. And he invites us down there. And he's so inclusive. He's like, you boys, you're good with the stock whips. Bring your whips. You know, if you were there, Kim, he would say, bring your guitar. Like, he, we're on. Yeah, and it was just, I would just remember at the time just thinking how, how great this is. This guy yeah, is cool. just, you know, he's, for us, he's larger than life. Yeah. You know, we've only ever seen him on the big screen type stuff. Yeah. And now he's just like, and when we were there, you, you, as soon as we rocked up, he was like, whistled, everybody quiet, introduced us, um, these guys. And he's like, get your whips, take your whips out there. Like he wanted you to be center stage. That's awesome. Yeah, I, that's yeah. exactly what I thought. I just like. I always reckon that's really a, a a huge gesture for somebody who's obviously, you know, he's he's big name in the game to introduce somebody who's less known. Yep, absolutely. I reckon and, it's, it's a really nice gesture. I, I thought exactly so. The A lot of the other clinicians didn't come though. So like he invited everybody, but some of the other, and I'm not going to name them out. So you're starting to feel a little, you're looking no, left no. and right. Well, it wasn't about that. I was just, just also thinking those other guys probably thought there was an agenda or yeah, something. Okay. You know, the competitors, yep. the, the ones that were in his maybe in that realm yep. and that, they didn't turn up. So that was just something that I just sort of put out there. But I was I was just impressed by the way he conducted himself oh, yeah, and, yeah, nice. and and he's been great to us. Like after, we've met him now a hundred, if not a thousand times, yep. you know, and and he's he's just, he's he's, he's a great guy and, and, and it makes sense now that I know him. But at this point, I don't know him. Yep. Apart from I was watching him from afar type deal. There was another funny one going back to another clinician, which is actually Clinton Anderson. Yep. Now, Clinton comes and watches one of our demos and they, they had two different arenas that you'd do a demo. One was bigger, one was smaller, but, but they both were great. Like the bigger one was probably not the, pr- the premium spot. The smaller one was more of the premium spot. Yep. But we're down the bigger arena and when you you, you do your, your show or your demo and then you would um, go across this like small corral and there was like a meet and greet while the next thing happens so people yep. would come over. So while we're doing this show, there's like thousands of people watching. It's like this one guy comes in and ushers a few people to move and puts down a chair it's like royalties coming and then clinton anderson comes and sits in that chair and i can see why well, oh, i'm doing the show we're doing the show but it was You're looking around for your chair it was a, i'm in the shake <laughs> what i'm saying is it was such a scene yeah, wow. that it made me stop and go what's going on here because yeah. it was just like something was happening then i see clinton sit down and he's like arms crossed watching us front row like yeah. i'm here yeah totally different like i said about a lot of what pat's deal was but i'm like that's clinton anderson so now i've got a little bit of pressure on me yeah. thinking that we've got, we've got a fire yeah. anyway everything that part happens we go across to this corral now now we've got all these other people wanting to talk to us. Clinton and this other guy are just behind the main crowd, looking like they're waiting for the crowd to disperse, yep. and then they're going to come over. It takes too long. Clinton walks away, but this guy s- stops, stays. Then when the crowd disperses, he comes over. He says, "Clinton wants to meet you." And it was like it was like you talking about <laughs> Nelson Mandela type, you know? Yeah, he, he's thinking yeah. he's in the. It's like the Pope, you know, the Godfather, or however you want to look at it. He will. Don Corleone says he wants to speak to you. He summons you. You know, we're like we're just like what is it? You we're excited. What does he want? Yeah, you know. Like we're just like so wet behind the ears. So he, we, we, as soon as we finish this demo, we go to his booth because we was going to meet him at his booth. Yeah. And then he says, all right, oh, hey, boys, good you're here. Let, let's go and get, you want lunch? Let's go get lunch. Great. And we're living on that shoestring budget. So turkey, he, turkey drumsticks, let's go. We're thinking we're going to get lunch. So he's taking us to lunch. So he takes us to this, there's one sort of, it's like a cafe site. It was a bit exclusive. <laughs> But it wasn't sense this all going bad. Yeah, so we get into this deal, and he's like, it was like a, it was still a bit cafeteria, but it was not, it wasn't just getting show food either. It yeah. was like a bit of a restaurant on the deal. Yeah. So we go in there, we get our food, and I'm and and I'm sort of still like we're Clinton and his his then wife. I don't think he's still married to her now. Well, I know he's not still married to her now. Was with him, and and then we're there with our partners, and we're sitting down at that table, and uh, he starts questioning us like almost interrogating us is how I remember it what about your techniques just who we are 
are, what we've done, yeah. techniques, what our intentions are. I mean, it's like like we t- we don't know what we're in for by you. We don't know if he's offering us to go offer us a job yeah, yeah, or yeah. just tell yeah. us we're good or yeah. whatever. Just socialize. But he's just like, and you could see his mind just like tick, 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 going. Yeah. He didn't. We didn't talk like as far as ask him any questions. It was just answering his questions. And then as soon as it seemed like he was done, like that either a timer went off in his head or he got the answers to the questions he was looking for. He just called it like we were still eating because we would do a lot of talking. So you know you don't. Yeah. And he's yeah. he's like oh, I'm gone. And he gets up from the table and just like he's gone. And then we're like. <laughs> Okay, and now like, oh, you're not paying for all of us? No, no, left us to pay for ourselves. Like, we could, we would not eat there. We could not afford. What a champion bloke. Yeah, and you know what he also told us in that deal? And I don't know if I'm talking out of school too much. I, it was published. It was published. So does, I'm not talking out of school because I did read this. That year he's talking. Oh, is calling. Can you hear that? Yeah, I can, damn, I can hear it. You're there, James. Hey, mate. Oh, you're straight on, mate. We're, we're, we're nearly at the end of this, but it's good that you're chiming in because I've had so many questions. For uh, sorry about that, boy. No, no, I've explained to the listeners sorry. what's going on. How's Jesse going, mate? Yeah, no, of course, he's wide and waking into everything now, which is totally how it rolls, isn't it? Hello, Jesse. How are you, champion? Yeah. I'm good, Uncle Kim. <laughs> I'm bloody great, mate. I've had a bit of a restless night. He's advanced, isn't he? He's Uh, a bit of a talker. Yeah. So anyway, James, I'll just try to catch up to what I was speaking. Crucial moment here, Don. I know. I I don't want to kind of say hello and cut you off, but um, go back to a little revise here. Okay. So what I'm up to, we're in it. We're way into the world of question games right now, and we're doing our demos, James. Okay. And we've done one of our demos. And do you remember? Clinton Anderson coming up to that demo, watching out one of oh, the demos. Oh, totally. Yeah, okay. So we're going out to lunch with Clinton and I, I was telling, um, so we're, we're still, I've just told the story about him sitting us down and I basically said the lunch was like an interrogation, but it was, it was, it was, I was also saying how this lunch was in a bit of an exclusive. It wasn't like a fancy lunch or anything, but it wasn't just where you get your normal show food from, right? Those bastards left um, you with the check. And I've also told everyone, well, it wasn't just, it wasn't, we didn't left with his check. He paid for his own food. Oh, good but fella. It, but I was basically saying like, we, we've not expected to go out to lunch. We've gone there. We got to lunch. We wouldn't have eaten in there because we were on a pretty tight budget. He's finished just telling us in this conversation. What, what do you mean? Did, did the car, did, did our car give that away or what? Yes. Well, I didn't actually, I haven't got to that story yet about how great that car was. I have talked about one driving incident, but I have, I've still got a couple left to talk about. Bloody car kept going on the wrong side of the road, James. I did tell a story about that. But anyway, let's let's keep on this. So Clinton in the conversation had just told us that he'd turned over like 13 million that year and then left us to pay for yeah our own lunch when we were living on a shoestring budget <laughs> eating food yeah. turkey bloody drumstick and that's all I remember from the deal yeah, just, but, but don't worry boys if there's anything I can do to help you just let me know yeah that's what he told us he said <laughs> if there's anything I can do to help you I'm like yeah you could fix fix us up for this lunch stop before you before you go it starts with this freaking drumstick buddy so, so that's so I've got I've had a Pap, I've had a Paparelli story I've had a Clinton story now I'm going to talk about a John Lyon story, and so with these deals, Kim, we've got these demos going on, and what so Dan what was I, the culmination with with Clinton? What was his story? We don't know what he wanted at that point. So like just the, a bit of a strange encounter. It was a bit of a thing that he just wanted to find out a bit of information about us without like we didn't know whether like I was saying before whether he was going to offer us something or we just were so excited that, but it wasn't. It was just like. He asked us a thousand questions. Once we answered those questions, the meeting was over and that was it. So we'll move on because we've we got Dan on now. This thing will go forever Sorry. if we don't get going. So this one, this,
this one part was with these demos, people didn't know who the Double Dans were, were new, but they knew who John Lyons were, they knew who Clinton Anderson was. And so these crowds were full, packed to the rafters when them. So Dan and I's technique was when their demos were finishing, if we were following them, we would go in with music on, like we would go in straight away, cracking whips, riding bareback and bridles. Like there was one of the horses there who was great at bareback and bridles and we're going cracking whips and go yeehaw and try to keep that crowd because most of the time they're all getting up and dispersing. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, I don't know, double dancer and I don't know who they are. So we would then keep their attention and they would stay. So one of these demos, John Lyons had been doing a demo and he tied, he was talking about body control and he tied these balloons onto his horse in different positions. Like one was like on its forelock, one was on the saddle horn, one was on the tail. And he'd be like, I'm going to move the pink balloon left. I'm going to move the blue balloon right. Just talk about body parts. But one of the balloons had fallen off and it was still in the arena. When I've gone out there cantering, he's walked back and I'm, I'm riding this horse to the music, cracking the whip. He has walked back into the arena to collect the balloon you know thinking he's doing the right thing cleaning the arena and then he's also thinking he's gonna you know be funny or whatever and hold the balloon out for me to crack it when i ride past it (laughs) now i don't do target training I do trick training with the whips, but I can't hit a target. And even there's a different style of whip. Like it's, it's you know, a stock whip is going to have weight <laughs> in go. it. There we go. So anyway, I'll go past him and I Just miss him. excusing a, for the yeah, blood. Yeah. blood. No, no, I, don't, I miss him by about two feet. And I think, oh yeah, that's good. I've done it once. No, he stays out there. He keeps holding his arm out there. So I've done a second lap of the arena. So it takes a bit of time. And then now I'll probably miss it by a foot. So I've gone from two feet to one feet and he stays there. So I'm like, this is, he wants me, I've got to hit this thing. So the next time I ride so damn close I know I hit his arm <laughs> he drops the balloon it don't pop but he drops the balloon. the balloon anyway crowd goes wild yep he's happy and and, and, he sh- and all I can think of that whole demo is like because he's like an idol to me <laughs> I've just <laughs> flogged my arm. I've just hit him with the whip <laughs> on his arm. And after the show, I said to him, did I hit you on the arm? He said, oh, no, nah, no, nah, you hit the balloon. I know I hit him on the yeah. arm. I know I hit him on the arm. I know he did, but he was just so nice to me. He, he said, was no, still no. bleeding. He's like, no, no, you hit the balloon. It's okay, you hit the balloon. Um, so that was one of the stories I wanted to add about him. But with these demos, and this is where James can chime in, is it also gave us the opportunity to meet some people. And Taylor made there's can you tell the story about because you, you know it better than I do. Dan's doing one of these demos where he's standing on the horse cracking the two whips, right? And and was Frank, wasn't it, James? Yeah. Frank Frank Taylor. Yeah, Frank. One of the boys, one of the brothers of Taylor Made, and people that don't know that this is the biggest thoroughbred agency in the world. Oh wow. Right. Sees Dan doing it. And I and I believe this is where you can tell the story doesn't he ask you james how long it would take you to do that with a thoroughbred yeah he, he said um you know that was you know great show boys and and frank's always so polite and and such a nice guy and but got also got a good sense of humor and um he uh he said uh, you know it was a good show and but how long would it take you to do that with like a you know an unbroke uh you know two-year-old was yielding um thoroughbred and i said oh i said you know it ranges from about you know, 20 to 30 minutes. And I, and I think then it kind of went off to different conversation, but it kind of left Frank, you know, wondering if, you know, we were having him on or whether it was a, was a real deal. Yes. So, so that, yep. yeah, go Sears. No. So, so then he, what, what does he do then? He invites you there to do it, doesn't he? Yeah. He, he says, well, would you come out to our farm and, uh, you know, we'll pull a, we'll pull a colt out of the, out of the barn and, uh, would you, would you do us a demo? And I, I think at that point, like we, I, I know that, that I didn't, and I'm pretty sure you didn't, we didn't really, have a any idea how large of you know company or where you know Taylor made food in the thoroughbred business and 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 above that probably the Lexington community. Um, Just have you know, flashbacks to Clinton Anderson, and you thought you're paying for another lunch. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, one of the funny parts about that was remember Sears when we went out to dinner with Frank and, and uh, Quentin was at, at the bar um, and it was in one of the restaurants that Taylor made own. Yeah. And we sit down with Frank Taylor. Um, oh, Frank had gone up to the bar and Quentin was um, there trying to talk to Frank and then Frank said, sorry, I, you know, I've got dinner. And he walks down and sits down with us. Yeah, we, there's another story we'll add into there a bit later about us looking better <laughs> than we actually are or were. And, uh, and that's probably one of them, which we've been lucky enough that we've had some good company. But anyway, so you've gone out, you've gone out to Taylor Maid and you've impressed him because you, because you've done it inside the 20 minutes haven't you because i didn't go this first trip i go to the second trip but i didn't go on the first one so i don't even know this myself but from what i remember you telling me you did it with the first one was the first one easy or a little bit hard i think the first one was pretty easy i think he was a uh he's a big gray colt i think that we did it with and um he was yeah he was he was pretty easy i think it was like maybe no, no, somewhere in that 10 to 15 minute and he, and he didn't range and um frank kind of didn't still believe it. he's like go get him another one yeah it gives yeah. him another one and that was a little bit tougher wasn't it the second yeah. One, but you still just scraped in under 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. So he does this, Kim. He does it right. too. Yeah. And then then this is the type of people these these guys are at TaylorMade. Is this, after that, he, Frank is so impressed that he then puts on like a, a local shindig, a party, where he gets the food, invites the locals, other thoroughbred studs, and it's like, he's going to do this again. Like he can't believe it. Yeah. And that's when Pierre and I come to that, that one. It's a little bit of a party now and the pressure's on. There's way more people watching in this round pan uh, Dan does a demo with I think that grey colt you're talking about first because he's already done a little bit with him does some stuff with the tarp and things like that and, and then Frank just goes and gets him another uh, unbroke you know thoroughbred dealing and Dan's got to not only get on it but stand on it and crack the whips that was yeah, the nice. big that was the big deal and uh, and then that started a relationship then with Taylor Made and, and Frank particularly that basically got Dan well, to Frank Lexington Frank was making bets on <laughs> Frank was on making making uh, bets with people as to whether or not it could get done. He won quite a few hundred dollars. Um, on on that deal. <laughs> that doesn't Sorry. surprise me because we're, we're not going to get into it on this episode because this is a 2010, but when we go to the road to the horse that first year, old Frank the Tank, we call him, um, took us out to Sounds Nashville. like he's got a side story. Took us to Nashville. So Frank's a good guy. So then then we get on. So that's a little bit about like doing these demos, meeting, you know, we talk about Pat Pirelli, Clinton Anderson, John Lyons, Taylor Made. We're getting into Warwick Schiller now. Now, Warwick is competing for Australia in raining. And and I think that might have been, was that the first World Equestrian Games raining was included in, James? It's a good question. I, I want to say there was one prior to it. But. Oh, you, you might be right, but it was a pretty new thing to it being included. And the the raining was in there and he was in the Australian raining team, Warren Backhouse, um, uh, Wixie, John Wicks was in there. I'm trying to think who else. Martin Larkin would have been there. But the rainers were there and, and Dan, yeah. Dan and I knew Warwick um, from back in Australia. Yeah. She was like kind of the, um, uh, was like the reserve. Robin, did you say? Sorry, just cut out a little bit. Yeah, Robin was there. She was she was there for reserve. There you go. Yeah, so Robin as well. Um, His Warwick's wife. So uh-huh. so in one of these, when we're talking about that little corral, this is the after you do one of your demos, Warwick had been um, watching one of the demos. And then when we go over and do this meet and greet in this little corral, Warwick comes over and he says- Did he have a deck chair? No, he didn't have a chair. Not a real player, is he? No. no. Warwick comes over and says, boys, we're going to get a tattoo. <laughs> 
the World Equestrian Games. Hi, my name's Warwick. No, we knew Warwick already. <laughs> yeah. But it was, you know, like when the Olympians go, they get, you know, the rings. And yeah. He was like, we're going to do that. A lot of the, like the other team, the team guys, the Iranian team is going to get the, the World Equestrian Games logo tattooed. And, and James wasn't going to get another tattoo. He had a tattoo and this is the boring James. He would have got it now, but, well, he got one from the last week. But that week he said, no, but he said Steers will get it because Steers <laughs> doesn't have a tattoo. So, and I'm at this stage, I'm very scared of the idea of getting a tattoo. So we, I'm getting a lot of pressure, peer pressure to get this tattoo and they've all booked in. And so we go to get this tattoo, but, but sort of luckily for me, the point that when we go to get the tattoo, we also had this prior engagement. We had a, um, a TV interview. And so we couldn't, we had a time frame. So we get there and we, we I don't get the tattoo because we're going to miss the interview. So we say, sorry, we got to go, which I was very happy for. And we go to get this tattoo and we've borrowed this car from, like I said, the um, Farrier, Johnny Vegas, who's the, do you, do you catch up with Johnny over there, James? Oh, yeah, I did only see him just a few months back. Yeah, so Johnny's in the horse park, but but he's another just nice guy. We talked before about the hospitality. He's yeah. just loaned us his second car, doesn't know us from a bar of soap. Yeah. But it's it's a bit of a, it's an old car. It's a bit of a bomb and it will occasionally break down on us. We're driving to this interview. And no it, less grateful, but. No, 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 we're not. We loved piece it. piece of crap. Yeah, but it was, it was a good. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, happy days. But it broke, it broke down on us on the way to this interview. So we don't even do the interview. Mm. Yeah, there's two times it broke down and somebody else helped us. It broke down at a service station one time and <laughs> and people just started <laughs> helping. What's that? He asked us how we got there. Oh, yeah. People in America don't know a- at all geographically anything other than America. And so he asked us if we had driven from Australia to get to America. Damn straight we did. He said, how long How long's the drive? Yeah. And this guy's helping us fix the car. Dan's like, um, and he, he drove. So he was at the survey. Kind of upset him. And he took, so he firstly he took Dan and I stayed with the car and he went and got a part and then he came back and then he needed something else and then Dan's like, it's your turn to go. Huh? So I go the second time. But that's how generous this people is with their time. Go and get the other part that we needed and basically fix this car and got it going again. But we missed the interview and I missed the tattoo. Getting to Brisbane took a while, but the longest drive by far was across the Pacific. Yes, that's a yeah. long tunnel. Oh, it took forever. It's a big drive. Yeah. Imagine that drive. Oh, if it was a drive. If you could drive. drive. called a skim. It's a skim. Nah, if, let's say there was a tunnel. <laughs> let's just say with my superpower, I can create a tunnel. That's still a long drive. Yeah. It's a big, and in a tunnel. How boring. We talk about the Nullarbor being boring. Oh, man, you got to like it. But you'd have exhaust fans. We lost you, James. You got bad to clear the fumes out, you wouldn't even need to start your engine. Just let the, the fans blow you through. As I said, how, how, how would your superpower of rapping build a tunnel? I'd have to have a new superpower. I'm going to have infinity <laughs> superpowers. So, so let's. So I missed the I missed the tattoo. We missed the interview, and and I start feeling re, like I'm. I start feeling remorse, is if that's the right word. But I, I feel like I missed an opportunity. You missed an opportunity, or you've let the team down. It's more. I started. I maybe it was the team. Maybe you're right, Kim. You're making me think that. Uh, I just not remember. A team player. I remember deciding that I'm going to get this tattoo, and I just got it. I'm just going to regret it if I don't. I just felt like I'm going to regret it if I don't do it. But the others have got their tattoo. James isn't going to come with me. He's not getting his. And so there's this huge um, tent that it was like a private sponsor deal. It was that Maker's Mark tent. And a couple of days we caught Pat Pirelli coming out of this tent. It was like $600 a day ticket to get into this tent if you bought your way into this tent. And I remember we saw, you know, Pat come out. And we're like, geez, I wish we were Pat. You know, wish we could be as big as Pat one day and we could get in this tent. And speaking back to Clay Meyer, we kept saying, Clay, we want to get in this tent. We want to get in this tent. And one day he's 
like, I'll get you into that tent. And he's like, this today's the day. We're going to get you in the tent. So he G's us up to get in this tent. He takes us around the back. And do you remember he made us carry ice in, James? <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I, I feel like at some point here you're going to have to let me step in because I don't want to miss any of the parts because remember that at this point I was by far the most soberest one. Yeah, so it's exactly. Dan wasn't drinking. We've talked about that a Knowing few where times. this story's going, I would agree. So he, so Clay comes to us and like we're thinking we're getting in legitimately. Like he's just, you know, pulled some strings. He's figured out that we can get He gets us to walk. Yeah. Yeah, walk in, walk in backwards carrying a bag of ice. <laughs> In the in the back in the back gate, so he get, drives us in with his buggy. Do you gets get any in, tips? We sneak in, drop the ice, and then we just hang out. And he's just like, "Yep," and don't drop his name. I remember him telling us, "If we get caught in there, it's got nothing to do with <laughs> nothing to do with Clay." We can't say, "Oh, Clay, let us in here." Don't mention Clay. So we're in there. In retrospect, you've just mentioned his name five times. Yeah, oh, well, I don't I think guess. it's going to be a problem. Yeah, it never, won't be a drama. We didn't get caught, Kim. Well, right until this moment. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure they're well, listening to the yeah. podcast. <laughs> They've been sourced you ever since yes I mean yeah. Google alerting me yeah so we get in there and it's just like it's top shelf liquor all you can drink type stuff so I decide today's a good day to get me tattoo because if I can sit here and have a few of these shots I can get the Dutch courage and I'm going to go so I'm having these had you really had you really decided to get the tattoo at that stage because I can't remember it like you're sitting there <laughs> drinking and each drink that you had it became uh, you know more and more obvious that you were going to do it but then it was like a very split decision that you just like literally finished the drink, slammed your glass on the table, got up and ran out. And you didn't really allude to Pia, myself, or anybody else where you were headed. You just headed out. Yes, I had I had it in my mind that it was going to happen and I didn't want to talk myself out of it and I, I wanted to get the right amount of Dutch courage and I had been telling what, what Dan's talking about is I had been telling James and Pia and everything that I was going to get it but obviously they had doubt in their mind that I was going to do it and then thinking that we're in the tent, I'm assured assuming that then they thought, well, it's not going to happen. Like you're not going to leave the tent and go yeah. get a tattoo. Well, I did. So I leave this tent and I start I start running to where the car is to go and get this you tattoo. You a pass out? A pass out. Yeah. No. So you can't come back in? Yeah, I do. I sneak back in. Well, I know how to sneak back you in. you got to grab a bag of ice. Anyway. So I go and I'm, I'm jogging up this road and Clay's coming back down to bring more people into the tent the secret way. <laughs> with a golf cart and he's like stops and he's like what's going on and I'm like I'm gonna go get a tattoo and I just like keep running I don't even stop and talk and he's just like oh that's weird and he drives on and, and goes and he gets into the deal as well and and I keep running and when I get to the car like it's parked out in the middle of nowhere in this field we'll get this car with the security of the World Equestrian Games at all the major intersections uh, around the horse park they had um, like police set up in a, in a little stop deal right so they were all police I drive through all those deals get onto the interstate <laughs> it's about a 10 minute drive I drive I remember where it is I drive myself there I go I tell them you remember you know the tattoo yep yep I want that on the back they tattoo me I go oh it doesn't hurt as much as I thought it was going to hurt get back in the car drive back run back. there was the drinking part that you told them remember yeah I know I was going to leave that out <laughs> I, told, <laughs> I told them I'd been drinking and they said oh don't tell us that because we can't tattoo you if you've been drinking because yeah. it thins your blood and I'm like oh okay but they still did it anyway in retrospect and i've seen that <laughs> since we've been back to lexington i've gone past there we picked the worst place in the world to get i go tattooed. past there all the time <laughs> james because it isn't it it's bad in it james yeah you wouldn't get a yeah, tattoo yeah. there that would account for a few no. things yeah so i get the tattoo <laughs> in and out go back got the plastic wrapper over my shoulder got back in i run back into the tent and the guys well when i get there that pier and now pier and dan they're all worried because they didn't know where 
where I was. Then, then um, Clay says to him, oh, yeah, I seen him running. And he just said he was getting a tattoo. Now they think I'm driving. I shouldn't be driving. shouldn't be there. And they 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 worried. So they start ringing me. I don't get any of the phone calls. And then when they get back, they said, where have you been? I said, I've got a tattoo. And then they don't believe me. They don't believe me because they don't think I've actually been gone long enough to go get in the car, get the tattoo. You're an so, athlete. You made good time. Bloody hell. So I lift yeah. up my shirt, show them the tattoo. <laughs> they are shocked. Then proceed to tell me that they were, I, sh- I was an idiot and I shouldn't have gone. And <laughs> I was actually pretty impressed. <laughs> and I checked my phone. I got like 40 missed calls <laughs> from both of them and different mobiles. And everybody's ringing me, trying to get a hold of me. But I was just too excited, too pumped up. That's that's the first of the two drunken tattoos I've I'm got. I'm just picturing the re-entry into the Maker's Mark tent. Like, you But run, I think I just ran back in. Yeah, there. you run back in. You go, nah, I stole my weight yeah. earlier. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm good for here. And they yeah. go, oh, I think that is staying. Fair enough. And right. pulls his shirt off in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just lifted my shirt off and showed him my back. When we left there, the funny thing is about that, though, is when we left, Pat Pirelli was watched us coming out of it. And, and he ended up saying, <laughs> how did they get in there? We're thinking he's buying a ticket in every day. He's not buying a ticket. He scammed his way in there a couple of times. We just happened to see him leaving <laughs> when we walked past. Now he's seen us leaving and he's wondered, how the hell did they get in there? So he's yeah. thinking we're at some new level that yeah. he's not at. And we were always thinking he was at some level that we were at. But all of us are all just broke horse trainers that are trying to get in. <laughs> to exclusive bags of ice exclusive areas that we that we shouldn't get in there but but I've got that tattoo Warwick's got that tattoo all the all the rest of the team Dan James doesn't have that tattoo he's got others <laughs> yeah it's the boring Dan is that's the the that's the that's, yeah that's the only bad thing that about Dan missed out on a lot of life that year yes because I've already been through Vegas we missed all that and uh, anyway the other one that's a bit funny is so we've got this car yeah, the irony of the girlfriend called the thumb is that being under the thumb anyway carry on yeah I don't know where you're going. <laughs> the the um the other story is going to say that that goes back to the car and that house that we're staying at so that house that, that we got and i was saying how big of a deal that was james you know that uh guy that lent us that house remember that oh totally yeah remember he drove it was carol what's carol's last name with the liberty horses that you baskin carol is it carol carolyn <laughs> Carol it would have been way cooler if no, it was Carol Baskin. Oh, of course Carol. it would. <laughs> it's Carol Mercer. Carol Mercer. So disappointed at this point in time. So at that dinner, <laughs> at that dinner, this guy's because he doesn't know Carol either, and then he just is such a nice guy. He says he's going to drive her back and fly himself back. Is his name Joe? No, get away from the <laughs> Joe Exotic. No, that, then it would have never. <laughs> they wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been a good trip. No, it wouldn't, wouldn't have been, been a good trip. Sorry, carry on. And uh, and You're then we get the house. So the two story house, farmhouse, but it's a little ways. Do you, you would know now? Do you even remember because you live there? What's where that is? That house. The, the funny thing is, is I don't remember who that guy was. I don't remember where either of those two farms were. I got a rough idea in the general direction because it was about twenty. But I've never run into that guy ever since. It's about twenty five. or yeah. even yeah minutes from the horse park. It wasn't. Close Close, but I wasn't too far. Yeah. So we, we've gone out one night, and I've got um, the girls that are helping us. I mean, we talked about Sarah before. Yeah. We've got another girl, the Splitter. There's another girl that was helping us. We've got PR, and we've been out this night. And I'm driving us home, and I, I hadn't been drinking too much, so I'm okay. And I'll tell you why I know I haven't been drinking too much. I end up getting pulled up by the cops. <laughs> Always a good indicator that you haven't been drinking nah, too much. No, that's why I can tell you I know I haven't been drinking too much because I'm driving back and we're going past the horse park and it's real foggy, it's late at night and – You're the drunk. Ho- <laughs> Kim, no. <laughs> 
So I'm driving the, the car and the horse park's on and I and I say to, to the guys being a bit funny, I said, oh, look, the World Equestrian Games is on like I didn't know. And ah, um, oh, we should go. Anyway, one of the girls at the back says, oh, I heard the entertainment's really shit. <laughs> and and I, I pump the brakes and say, all right, you can get out then. And I hit the brakes. As soon as I hit the brakes, next minute, all the car lights red up. Blue. Red and blue. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't even know. Wasn't, I had- there a few, wasn't there a few other comments that the girls made? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's a few things they're distracting me with, put it that way. Anyway, when we when we pull up, they just love the American accent. These girls are having fun with the – you know how they say – no, the girls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They okay, say, yeah. Americans say vehicle. 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 And so they they had already been picked up on that. So when the, 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 the policeman pulls me up – Sure, pull the vehicle to the side of the road. Now, he says something about vehicle. He says, "Do you is this, who's this vehicle or something like that? And the girls just start laughing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shh. I'm trying to talk my way out of this problem situation. I'm like yelling at him at the back to be quiet. I'm already drunk. Stop it. <laughs> Kim, I'm not. The reason I can tell you I'm not is he says he says to me. Touch you your know, nose. I'm gonna, Step out of the vehicle. I'm gonna pull your mic. I'm gonna pull your microphone off if you don't be quiet. He says to me. <laughs> He says to me, do you know why I pulled you over? And I said, no. And he says, for driving poorly. Well, the girls just lost it. They thought it was hilarious that you could get pulled over for driving poorly. And I'm like, okay, I'm not holding it together. And he says, you're crossing the fog line back there and you did something freaky. What was that? And I said, (laughs) oh, well, we're here at the horse park. And I said, you know, we're uh, presenting and I was just wondering, it's a little late, that maybe we should go in there and feed the horses now so we don't have to come and feed them. This is my story. So we don't have to come and feed them so early in the morning we can get a little bit of a sleep in and we, then I decided we're not going to do that so I just pumped the brakes or whatever that was, and he's like okay and he's like is this your vehicle and then they start laughing again I'm like no <laughs> anyway all I knew was this guy was his nickname was Johnny Vegas so I'm just like he's like who's he's like whose vehicle is this and I'm like Johnny he's like does Johnny have a last name I'm like Vegas you know like this is not doing me any favors convincing I'm like this is not doing me any favors and he's just like Okay, he's like, have you been drinking? And it's like, I've had a little bit. He's like, all right, we're going to have to blow in this. And so I'm just like wondering, I don't even know what the limit is. So he blows in it, I'm clean. That's how I can tell you I'm not drunk. So he's like, and he is more surprised than any of us. He's like, ah, oh, you passed. And then I said to him, oh, well, what's the limit? Because I'm like, I don't know. And he's he, he's like, well, it's uh, 0.08. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, great. I got you home. And I was, he said, well, what is it in Australia? And I said, oh, 0.05. And he said, oh, I bet you don't have a lot of road fatalities there. And I said, well, actually, we, we have our fair shares. <laughs> And uh, we have a little chat and he says, I suggest you drive straight home. And I said, on my way. Don't have a home. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, we, we we left at that point and we dr- we drive back and everything's great. But it is one of the stories that likes to get retold, particularly <laughs> by the girls, because they think it's hilarious that I could get- I'd like p- to hear their version of it. I reckon it'd be more colourful. No, that I could get- No, they, I don't even <laughs> think they would remember too much about what there was. They, they were the ones- I always knew I was driving, so I was monitoring the- limit of alcohol that I was consuming. All right. So I was doing the maths. I was doing the maths. I was eating the food. It's not maths. I was, it's not I maths was responsible. Over there. It's math. The math. I did the math. Exactly. I was a responsible. Now, poor James.
James, I in my timeline here, I was going to say to James, oh, is there any stories that I have missed? Well, he doesn't know what stories I've told, let alone what's your what's your big recount of the of the that World Equestrian, World Equestrian Games. Games. And I'm going to look back on my paperwork and find out if there's any of these specific questions I'm going to ask you. Well, mate, I think that uh, one thing that always stands out from, for me in that time era that, that shows how good of a mate you are, because you came all the way across to Oregon when we are preparing the horses to Christie's place. And, of course, there was no drinking going on there. And you, you didn't complain or bitch one time about it, and you just stuck it out and put up with that whole situation. I don't know if I would have been, if the situation <laughs> had been reversed, I don't know that I could have done that. You're a champion. Thanks. And we were out there in the back backwoods there of, uh, of Oregon there and uh, just had those two horses to work for. How many weeks were we there? Well, that's what I was trying to figure out. I've, I've done that, that part of that timeline. and We would have had to be in there for a fair chunk of the time. <clears throat> now, the, the flip side of that is that if it probably hadn't been for Christy and having that place and the contact that she made to that prevent Peter's mob, yeah, which we, we may have never made it to the games either. Yeah, that was, that was did the... You, did, you throw, did you throw the the story in about like that it was Nikki Blunder's horses that we used? Yeah, and I and the bit that's... So a big shout out to Nikki. Yes, I did. And what you actually um, helped me just remember them, which I talked about the stress at the start of this podcast, James, was remember, so when we first sort of get to World Equestrian Games, and you would have been dealing with this for a while, like it was, it was your sort of responsibility, the horse side of things. And remember there was all that trouble with paperwork and stuff like that, you know, with the, I'm assuming Coggins and Vet stuff that we required for the World Equestrian Games. And Nikki was getting frustrated and, and you know, we're not there. Well, the, 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 yeah. And it nearly the got to the point that they that, were going to take the horses. Yeah, 100%. Because the, the problem is over here is that you've got your regular health paper and Colgans, which is what everybody is generically used to, to dealing with, but come FEI, and because those horses had to be, you know, have the same um, stuff as an FEI, you know, horse that's going there to compete, that's what kind of changed it. Nobody, um, none of the vets in, in Oregon or Canada were familiar with it, and it was, I mean, it was coming down to the wire as to whether we're not once again whether we're going to make it that's that's what i said i, I, I put it on the on the timeline straight at the start as i said you know everybody all the listeners knows from the previous episodes how big of a deal this was and how much pressure we put on ourselves and and how much of our energy and money it required to to do it and then it gets to the we're there and 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 they were going to roll without us like they just would have just not had that part mm. in the show they were going to survive yeah. it wasn't like they were going to make it work for us they got to the point they had yeah we weren't hold, we weren't holding it up <laughs> yeah they were just like well you're done you know we've given you a chance this is your last moment and sliding doors moment you know yeah. we couldn't take it, it, it yeah it, it was it was a it was that part was a tough and that's one of the things that i brought up um earlier on in the podcast I had a couple of questions for you as well that I've, I've been able to look over um, the, one of the reasons why side note side note the, the lady that I dealt with on the vet paperwork that was here in Kentucky at the World Equestrian Games office last year turned up and competed in the um, ILHJ show so that was like I hadn't seen her literally since the World Equestrian Games and then was it nearly nearly 10 years later she shows up at that at and, that show and did she remember did you like remember me oh, yeah she, she was the one that remembered. Oh, yeah. that's so, unreal. Uh, side note. Yeah, no, I like it. So what what I talked about from the start was we, we're a little late with this podcast, but there was a reason for it. You were on the road and you're fairly um, busy and tied up with the clinic and you're traveling with a fair 
entourage. And I mentioned it. You had, because I only found this out actually, Warwick Schiller told me today when I was talking to him, or yesterday I think I was talking to him, and he said that that you traveled, you, you took Isabella to the clinic, and I knew you had Isabella, but I assumed um, that that obviously you were with uh, Elizabeth as, as well as Jesse, but they stayed home. You had the Greek god, you had the kangaroo, yeah. you had two hairless cats. What's with Biffin's yeah. cats? Yeah, I mean, what, how did... Sorry. You, 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 if I could recreate a couple of scenes that took place during this trip, it would make Tiger King look second rated. Really? Like, there was literally one one morning there, I'd come outside to jump on the phone, and there's like crap service, as you know, from the other phone yep. phone call that we were on. I'm standing there talking on the phone, all of a sudden, the door opens, and this cat <laughs> leaps out, running for its life across the flat. Then comes Biffo, and we, we've actually nicknamed him Aquaman because he's got quite the long beard and oh, long hair. Right Does now, look like no Aquaman. shirt on. Here comes Biffo, Aquaman, running after the cat, followed by my daughter, followed by <laughs> Lorena chasing Isabella, um, all the way across the flat, around uh, trees, in into the lawn, trying to, to catch the cat. I mean, there was just literally, there's not enough words to describe the scene that took place. <laughs> I, uh, we, I said that at the start. I could just imagine how professional this roadshow would have looked turning up to a clinic. Oh, I mean, the, the only thing that made it like okay, like it was one of those situations. Like if it had been a bunch of guys that were, you know, attending the clinic, they all would have left. But with Biffo turning up there, all the focus shifted from actual clinic to the kangaroo to Aquaman, and then to the hairless cat. Yeah, they've <laughs> the got cat. they've got some stories to tell. The um, what was the clinic? Uh, that we did. A a two-day ridden one and then a um, three-day liberty one. Yeah, right. Oh, so you've gone for a fair while then. Yeah, we've gone we've gone ten days, and like that's a big trailer, and it felt very small with that amount of people. group of humans and and animals in in the trailer at the same time. I can't believe Elizabeth trusted you that long by yourself with Isabella. Well, that's the longest that Isabella's been gone from um, from uh, yeah Elizabeth. Yeah, wow. She was she was a she was a rock star. Isabella was awesome. Yeah, well, she'll so. be running the show shortly. Well, so what did Anzac like think of the two Brazilians? Well, the, the, the hairless cats. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that the I keep waiting for those cats to kind of like you know because they're only still half kittens, and so they're pretty playful. So they were waiting all the time to you know pounce on him, and uh, then he'd just kind of jump up and stand up on his tail, and they just didn't know what to not what to do with him. Yeah. Uh, so it was, I mean, I mean, it was a proper circus there of a night time. The kangaroo was like all wound up with energy, and he's doing bog laps in the trailer, and the cats are. You know, getting chased by the kangaroo and Isabella's chasing the cats. I mean, there was, you know, when you see what it's like when you finish a clinic, you just want to sit down, you just want to like watch a movie, have a drink, have dinner, and just relax. Yeah. Yeah, that never happened. <laughs> that never happened. I bet. I know. I, I could only imagine. That's why I brought it up. I'm like, is Anzac still a buck? Or when are we yeah, cutting we, him? We've seen the photos. Yeah, when are we going to cut him? Oh, he needs he needs to be cut like Sooner yesterday. Than later, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it if he's boxing. The um, yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask, which I had on the, the deal, is we we earlier on in one of the episodes we talked about Applejack. What's happening with Applejack? What have you been doing with him? Oh, he oh, he was part of that entourage. Oh, you had him. Don't with worry. You? So yeah, so I had him with me and, and another um, sail horse that I got um, right now. So yeah, it was two horses, two cats, um, two Brazilians, Biffo, Lorena, a kangaroo, and a kid. Bloody hell, you you're a sucker for punishment. Well, something funny happened to me today, yeah. James. I'm going to tell you about, which I haven't, haven't uh, Kim knows about it, but we didn't uh, talk about it on the podcast. I, uh, I got pranked today. I got pranked by, by jo- who? By Josh Knight. <laughs> 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 Are you kidding? Yeah. So it was a, um, 
and I'm sort of a bit almost ashamed of myself because on Facebook. Oh, I think it, you went pretty well. Actually. Well, you well, held your own. What I sort of thought was I've matured a little bit, and I, that's what I've said in a <laughs> so previous. What the swearing was about. No, well, that's that what maturity. I, that's what I'm saying. I thought, and then you know how I've, we've talked about us firing up in you know in Sydney and different things, and it's ten years ago or eleven years ago. Well, anyway, I get this phone call, and you, I know you're not on Facebook anymore, James, but you'll be able to get access to it, get Elizabeth to show you because he's put it on Facebook. We talked about prank calls. There's some, I don't know how he got to it. It's online or whatever, but it's like a prank call that he didn't do the prank call. It's like a computer generated one, pre-recorded. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you heard about these? Yeah. Well, anyway, I got stuck. Yeah, I did. I did. I did a couple a few years ago to um, a few followers. <laughs> oh well, disappointing. A few years ago, buddy. Yeah, well, I'm late <laughs> on the uptake. So this thing rings me, and it's a it's a Melbourne number. So it's not saying private or anything. And I've been talking with Equitana just of late, and you know they've got a Melbourne number. So I actually just thought it was one of the office people there. So I thought oh, I better answer it. Or but I was I was suspect of it being telemarketing as well. So I get this funny little right. noise come on, and all I like I'm like I've already said hello, and then there was a bit of a delay, and that made me think it was telemarketer. So then I'm like, and then they're like, is, and it must say your name maybe or something, or is this? Yeah, it must say my name. Is this? You know, dance theaters or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, bit suspect. Like, and then he starts telling me about me stealing the internet, stealing their Wi-Fi, and going, and I, well, I've just lit up. I've just lit up. Like a firecracker. You were pretty quick as well to say, this has got to be a joke. Oh, I did pick up on it being yeah. a joke, but I still didn't think, I did think it was an actual person. <laughs> and I'm like, who the F is this? You know? And I'm like. It's taken two sentences before he's dropped F-bombs. Oh, I've dropped F-bombs bloke. all over the place. <laughs> well, once I've done this prank call, it gets sent to him or whatever. So he reckons he's just pissed himself laughing. And then he's put it on my Facebook wall and everybody's chiming in. So now it's got me on there. Potty mouth is all buggery. It doesn't beep it out. And everybody's having a right old time watching and laughing at old steers. And I've got people that have never heard me swear before. And uh, and they're like, I can't believe it. There you are know? some out there. And there's people talking about bloody putting soap down my throat and all sorts of stuff's getting commented left, right and centre. And I thought, I'm just going to bring this up because it happened today. But uh, I did fire up pretty bloody quickly, mind you. And I'm not too impressed with myself. So that's always a funny thing. Like I, I know there's been times in shows that you've corrected me for, you know, for dropping the odd cuss word. Yeah. But like I, I think that for most folks, like I'm pretty even keel. Like it doesn't get worse, doesn't get better. But you, you've you got such control that you're, you're able to distinguish between like when you're being professional in a show and you know, keeping it all PG, and then you've got the other side. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> that, that, that's why I think it's so hilarious that you got how you got done. Yeah, and that's the other side certainly came out. The, the funniest thing about that other side is I remember my dad, for instance, right? I never, never, ever heard him swear. Like, even if he'd, you know, hurt himself, you know, whatever, he, he wouldn't swear. It's like my kids, they've never heard swear. Oh, yeah, good on you. Yeah, yeah that's such a lie, folks. <laughs> And, and also, so I never heard him swear. And then once I left school and I started my Ferry apprenticeship and I went back, um, you know, home, he must have just thought you're a man now, son. And he just, he swears like a, he is the roughest bloke to hang about when it's just the boys. And the shock yep. when I first heard him swear was just unbelievable. But I mean, it's like being at a work site with only blokes and, and it was dad and me and yeah. maybe one other bloke. See, I've truncated that whole time frame dramatically for my kids. Your kids, yeah. They have no doubt that I swear. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Where it's not as bad as you, but... Oh, get yeah. off it, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you can throw me under the bus. 
So, so then, James, what we did is because last episode we got a lot of good feedback and, and a lot of people actually said it was the best one yet and they particularly liked our bit of banter at the start about the superpower and all the, all the jazz, right? And I, I was talking ridic- about our superpowers. I got ridiculed. I know, I know. Okay. So I came up with a couple of others for this one, which Kim and I have already answered, but now we can ask you and you're not going to have much time. We, we went one for one. So the first one is if you have a di- – if you had a dinner and you could invite three people, living or dead, who would they be? And so for Kim, we, we just went one and one so we could think about it. But we've already done ours, so it's it's your turn. So to give you some thinking, Tom, I did so Billy, Billy Connolly. Come up. Steers, did. Oh, yeah, that's good. What was your first one? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, yeah, the you know, mainstream the, athlete. Yep. Uh, then I went for Nelson Mandela. And then I did uh, Jerry Seinfeld because I liked the comedian thing. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a communal. We love that. And then I went for uh, Robin Williams. Yep, well, I stuck with it and I and I went with Eddie Murphy. So we we've done the comedians. We got more comedians than anything. So yeah, right. It's giving you thirteen and, seconds. And we didn't think, do any so you uh, can do a question. Yeah. Uh, man. Uh, one of these you, you can say, three, right? You can say Kim and Steers. I mean it tick, won't offend tick, us. We needed one of those <laughs> <in> the <past. laughs> Oh well that is that, that man, that is hard. I didn't even I never even get because usually it used to be um quite a few more people that okay. you give yourself the option. Right yeah, what do um, we do? Let's why don't we leave it? I, well, one, one, and you could either. I, I, mean, I can, I, I, can, I, can, I can give you three. I, I can give you two, two, two. Like the two that stand out would um, be pretty clear. Um, I think the first one I'd invite would be Jesus. Wow. And then the next one would be would be the uh, first man that ever rode a horse. Oh, I don't know. Who, I don't know who track he is. him down. But that would still be up to debate. <laughs> he probably doesn't know. <laughs> How many rides did he get in? <laughs> That's that's cool, right? Look at you go, James. That is pretty. Uh, now the third superficial. one, I, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to think on. Get back to us next next one next episode. Yeah. All right. That's, he loves it. Look at James. God deep. This one's going to be easier for you. If you could be an an Olympic athlete, what would you be and why? So just, and we're not talking about being the. Just if you could go to the Olympics in you can any, ignore the hard work. You're just there. You're just there representing your country. We're not saying that you're the winner the best you're a gold medalist we're just saying you're representing in the Olympics what would be your sport oh I think badminton <laughs> come I on I was on the banned list I said there was yeah, badminton <laughs> and BMX was off the, off the table we, ex- we also extended that to ping, ping pong. pong they were no, all off ping pong ping pong's pretty good though when you see it <laughs> it's outrageous <laughs> so give me so give me and you got to do the why oh. you got to do the why so get off badminton we know that's not what, it um, no shuttle Cox. He likes his he likes his jodpers. You could do equestrian. We didn't go equestrian. Mentioned it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think this is an easy one. Oh, okay. What What did you guys pick? Um, I did the hundred meter sprint because I just think it's that's the that's the mainstay. That's whatever. Yeah, see, I want to change mine. I'm not happy. Uh, I went shooting. Yeah, he wanted to be lazy because. Yeah, because yeah, I, but see, this is. Oh, I said I said you wouldn't have to do much work. Like if you were good enough to do it, it's not like you're a swimmer where you've got to spend hours every yeah, day was just up th- and down. But then Steer said you can just be there. So I. Probably be a swimmer. Okay. What? Yeah, give me the, the distance. reason I mean, being distance is super fit and I uh, because it's totally ridiculous. Uh, two hundred yeah. meters butterfly. I was going to say butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who? Who? When Could the Titanic went down, was there anybody who said, "You know what, gonna, ladies and gentlemen, I think I'm just going to snap out ten k's of butterfly here to get to the nearest <laughs> iceberg." That's my no. choice. What kind it? of lunatic? Yeah. <laughs> some saddest. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, look, if we're if we're being like on a serious talk, it would definitely be the eventing because I always had ambitions of, of wanting to ride at the Olympics in the eventing um, anyway. And you know, of course, inspired by uh, you know three back to back gold medals of the Australian team. I mean, who wouldn't who wouldn't want to be a part of that? Yeah. Um, and then of course Chris Burton came along and took that spot. Pony Club. There's only there's only room for one. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, yeah he's, he's done awesome. Um, oh, I think yeah, outside of that would have outside of that. I don't know. Probably boxing. Oh, that's a good one. Nasty ass he does, thing. See, he likes fighting. James does and handle himself. The um. Well, I don't know about that. Not very, not very good at it. But it it, it, it seems to be kind of an original sport. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I like it. Yeah. So I'll have to think of some more for for the next one. And you're gonna owe us one more person for um for the dinner. That's for sure. Yeah. See, did it cross your mind for the person for dinner to have a um? You got famous people. No, no, no. Did it cross your mind to have an infamous person? I don't think it said famous. I didn't say well, famous. Yeah, but naturally you think of famous people. It just said three people. Yeah, well, you know. But did it cross your mind to have an infamous? You could have put person? your dentist on there. That would have been great. Um, what do you want to do? You want to have the real Jesse James on there? Yeah, no, I'm yeah, saying, well. you know, you've got Bush Rangers. Yeah. You, you've got... Oh, you want to redo? No, I don't want to redo. I'm just saying. Because I think there's, there's, it'd be more valuable to have time with a famous... Well, with, with somebody of, you know, who's who's given positively to society rather than a... Comedians? You know, Hitler. We didn't say Hitler, did we? But that's what I'm saying. Did anybody, <laughs> anybody think of it? Well, I, I, Hitler did not come to mind. Well, I talked about just that. throwing that out there for my... <laughs> Well, no, you had you had good one. You were a thing of Jesus hanging out there, but you'd have some questions for him. Yeah, I mean that would that would that would clar- clarify a, a lot of a lot of things. I mean, and let's be honest, if I had him there, he'd probably tell me who was the first one to ride a horse. Yeah, yeah the answer sooner or later. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, this is good questions, down. though, Sears. I'm always in, always impressed at the questions that you come up with. Hey, talking of challenges, yes, mate. I have been putting it off and putting it off because, and I've had lots of people request this one. So you were onto something good. You oh. said to me that you were going to do a, a, an insider's challenge for us about the most interesting way to mount. Creative. And yep. you talked to me about this about a month ago, and I'm still waiting, mate. Okay, now I know that you're interested. We got. I'll do it. <laughs> I've been waiting for you to do it. Uh, I know, and I've had the time to do it, to be honest. It's I've actually thought about it more than once. Just to one clarify, time. it's mounting a horse. Oh, you're red hot, mate. He, this is old gutter trash over here. That's your new mate. nickname. <laughs> old special comments there. He just goes there every time, James. I was just, I was just waylaying you because, quite it frankly, doesn't, mate, it doesn't come mate, from me. You 0.08 driver in America. You I wasn't cut the mustard over here, pal. Fell, I was, Don't start I, getting that way. I was under. I could have been under 0.5 for all I know. Pretty sure I was. <laughs> Hope you're under point five. Point zero five. Um, all right. Well, this is this has been great. I'm gl- I'm glad I've still included you, Kim Hagen. There's Thanks, going to be mate. an episode you're not going to be here. That's that's for sure. I'll haunt you. Uh, special comments. <laughs> special comments come coming up. Uh, so did, it, it, on that mounting challenge, um, DJ, did you see my boy's entry? But that was the quickest time. We're talking about creative. Oh, no, no, they did. As part of the quickest time, they did their. They, were they did a fancy mount just to be silly. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I, I did see that, and I've been, I've been. Still trying to uh, perfect it myself on the one that the boys that your boys showed me, Kim, when I when uh, me and Brando were over there last. Yeah. I'm definitely uh, definitely working towards that. Um, and then, uh, Sears, did you happen to see on our uh, insiders page? You 
again, the best way to dismount after you ride your horse into a trailer. No. Was that a challenge? you got to check it out. It? It, uh, yeah, no, I mean, somebody did it and uh, it was suggested as a challenge. Um, if if uh, You need to show your boys too, Kim, because yeah. I think they they could be actually very eligible to uh, attempt this. Um, and I planned. you know certainly would go a long way if I had some attempts. This sounds good. So, did they, they, so yes. it was a planned thing. It wasn't one of the fails that someone did a fail. Yeah, it, I mean, if, if it was if it was not planned, then that would even make it more brilliant. But I'm pretty sure it was planned. Oh, okay. It's almost mistakeable for Donald Hancock type of thing to pull off. Uh, but you boys have got to check it out. It's pretty awesome. All right, well, we'll certainly be doing that. Well, I know that James hasn't been on for long, Kim, but we're we're nearly at two and a half hours. We're going to have to wrap this bad boy up. This is going to be wrap the it. longest episode to date that we've put out. Next episode is going to still follow on from 2010. We've, we've turned it into a three-parter. Um, it's basically the, the last sort of two and a half months of the year. But we cram so much in, including the dressage championships that we perform at, Equitana, and, and I've mentioned it previously, it's the first time that we go under the Double Dam banner. We do a trip across the Nullarbor and take our horses over to WA and, and, and produce the biggest show that we've ever produced ourselves. And then the week later, Pierre and I get married. So there's a few stories to come out of that, and I'm looking forward to that part. Don't we also go, is that the same year we go to New Zealand? No, not a little early. Okay. Settle down, don't that cram might, it. Might be right. That. I think it could be, I'm not sure. Yeah, it would be 2011, I'm pretty sure. Because Equitana, what happens is we do that just after Equitana, but Equitana starts going to Sydney, so it's every year. So it's either 11 right. or 13 because it's an odd, odd number. So we'll just check that out when I go back through the old Facebook history, which has been kind to me. So anyway, Jane, well, I'm glad um, Jesse's uh, up and about, but I'm hoping that you're going to have a better night's sleep uh, tonight and get some rest. And I appreciate you still jumping on board and getting onto the podcast. I can't say the same. For yeah, thanks for waiting for it, boys. I can't say the same about my appreciation for special comments, but um, I come am, on, that's half the reason why the, the podcast like went that. so long. Yeah. <laughs> he, just, he just kept cutting in all the time. Thanks, Dotty, and uh, love to the family, mate. All right, mate. Until right, next, until next cheers, time. Cheers, See you guys, mate. Catch you, bro. Thank you for tuning into episode six. Remember, if you enjoyed our podcast, please share with your friends, rate, review, and subscribe.